up there, Kiss Army? Tom Zeus, another episode, Shout It Out Loudcast. Episode 13, lucky 13. We're calling this one, Love Them, Leave Them. Tommy, how the hell are you? Zeus, Kiss Army, doing great. Um, spring is in the air, the Red Sox are playing and they suck. But that's okay, it's early, we're spoiled around here. But put all that aside, um, I'm pretty fired up. I am pretty excited. Oh, because, yeah? Because, because... We got a little surprise for you tonight! We're gonna turn the microphone over to... Sunny Hollywood Pooney. <laughs> he is here, podcast extraordinaire and co-host of two of our favorite shows, Growing Up Rock, and one of the greatest granddaddies of them all when it comes to KISS podcasts, Podcast Rock City, Sonny Pooney, hello and welcome. Oh, what an intro. I should just hang up. <laughs> like, I can't do no better than that. It's all downhill. Anything I say is just going to ruin the intro. <laughs> How you guys doing? Thanks for having me, man. Well, thank you for being here, man. How are you? I'm great. Uh, baseball season has started. My Giants suck too, so I know how I feel. <laughs> so where are you now? Where are you right now, Sonny? Right this very minute, I'm in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. But uh, you know, in the last uh, 20 days, I've been in like 10 different cities. So it just kind of depends on the day. Okay, cool. God now, bless you. Now, now, so we we did a little brief intro there. You know, we talked about growing up rock and podcast rock city. Now. Anybody that's listening to our little newbie podcast, we're assuming they know who you are and that we know that they know those podcasts. But for those that may not, why don't you just briefly tell us about, you know, those two shows, what they are, um, who you are and why our listeners should care that you're on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, growing up rock, uh, you know, it's a podcast. We're coming up on our hundredth episode and uh, it's basically a conversation about uh, our lives growing up with this music, you know, so we do interviews, do themed episodes, that kind of thing. We usually release every week. Um, so that's, that's basically covering all of rock podcast. Rock city is a straight up kiss podcast, been around five years. Uh, Joe and Jody have been around and done a great job. I got to join about two years ago. And again, we release weekly and, you know, we're just three dumb kiss fans uh, talking about the greatest band ever. Yeah. I love how you just said that. That 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 that's a perfect example. And 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 uh, as far as growing up rock goes, real quick, you and you and Steven do a great job. That's that listening to that podcast. It's like just listening to like two guys just kind of hanging around shooting the shit about the bands that they love and the music they listen to. That that's a good one. So anybody listen to our show that might not be you know kind of going outside the circle of KISS podcasts, um, Grown Up Rock is definitely one to check out for sure. Yeah, thanks for the kind words. You know, Stephen and I do our best with that. You know, you got to, although I love KISS, I mean, there's all other kinds of music I love, not just rock, honestly. I love Motown and some other stuff too. So um, it's nice to talk about other music. And uh, it was Stephen's baby. I'm just along for the ride. Nice. Yeah, that's great. So you're a big Motown fan? Oh, yeah, dude, I love the, you know, stylistics, Temptations. Um, I From that, I went to Hall of Notes and Prince. And so that, that Motown sound is deep in my musical library. Well, let me know when you want to do a Temptations podcast. I'll be your co-host. <laughs> okay, no problem. <laughs> I love the Temps. 
I'm going to see him, and without see him live this year. So for the first time ever, they're playing somewhere around here. I got to check them out. Yeah, nice. they come around here, but I, you know what? I'll be honest with you. I can't find anybody to want to go. But <laughs> and then the only one around is Otis, and he's you know, let's be honest, he doesn't sing really any of the big songs. But I, I mean, I'm I'm a big uh, Temptations fan. I'd love to actually see them live too, because you know, it, it's still that music is just so timeless. Yeah, Tom, you're not a Papa was Rolling Stone guy. No, actually, no, I'm letting you guys kind of, you know, <laughs> get into the Motown Love Fest. But um, I love Prince, um, love Prince. I saw him um, about, uh, let's see, probably 04 in the Garden. Other than the Kiss shows, Prince was easily the best concert I've ever seen. I, I, just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and I, I, I li- like you, I love all genres of music. I mean, I love, if it sounds good. I'm going to listen to it. I, I've never locked myself into a genre of music. And I tell my son the same thing. Uh, he's 14 years old, and he also has a, a, you know, the more you listen to, the better it is, you know? Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I, Tommy laughs at me. But I honestly, I joke with you about the temptations. I can do one on uh, Elvis. I could do a podcast on George Jones. I could do a podcast on the Temps. Uh, I can do one on Dwight Yoakam. I, I I love all sorts of music, and uh, and it's good, and it's something that you should expand your mind. Don't get pigeonholed into certain types. You'd be surprised. Music, when it's good, you know, doesn't matter who does it. Exactly. So, That's right. Yeah. That's right. So I had a couple quick things I want to let you know, though, Sonny. So I wasn't a big podcast guy. Tommy's the one who got me into it. Uh, I was moving my fat ass around trying to get into uh, shape, better shape, running, starting to jog. Tommy is the big jogger and the runner of us. And uh, I'm always like, what do you listen? What is he? He was telling me he listens to podcasts. I'm like, ah. And I'm like, all right, let me find a KISS podcast. I'm not going to say the names, but I, like, I thumbed through a few of them before I was like, I would tell him, like, this is hard to listen to. And then I'd be like, I found your podcast, Podcast Roxy. And I was like, I love these guys, the voices. It sounds so clear. I can understand them. They're funny. They're humorous. I can listen to that. And I told him that was the first KISS podcast. That's the first podcast, really, that got me hooked. And that was your podcast. And now look what you did. (laughs) You are responsible for me and Tommy now torturing other people with this podcast. Well, well, you you guys are responsible for me buying Kiss footy pajamas. Luckily, they come in size five X. I got them on right now. They're very comfy. Five sweet, X. sweet. Well, now, now, hold, hold on, real quick, Zeus. Before you go, before you go here, uh, Sonny, I, I don't know if that was a joke or not, but they actually sell Kiss footy pajamas on Amazon. I know. Oh, I okay. have them on right now. Okay. <laughs> All right. Nice. Oh, man. All right, Zeus. Uh, all right. So, uh, you know, other than uh, giving each other foot rubs here, let's get uh, let's go into uh, what we're going to do is uh, get into some kiss news. Um, what's going on in kiss world? Um, well, let's see. We, we last our previous uh, our previous episode. Um, we had talked about our concert review. Um, our shows at the Garden and uh, Mohegan. The tour keeps rolling along. It keeps kicking ass. Um, reviews are just, I mean, even people that aren't huge Kiss fans, it's just been amazing. Um, Sonny, you have been to a couple shows. Why don't you tell us briefly those shows that you were at and what your, you know, what your uh, initial, you know, experiences were at the shows? 
Yeah, so I went to Anaheim mid-February and then uh, Vegas on February 15th. Uh, Anaheim was great. The painter was there. That was, you know, the painter thing is odd, but whatever. But Kiss put on an unbelievable show, a uh, packed house. Vegas was outstanding because the whole podcast Rock City crew was there. Yep. Um, you know, this whole... I think everybody sounds great, you know, whether there's vocal help or not, or if he or Paul's getting it or not, he's deserving. I don't give a shit. The guy was the best, one of the best singers my whole life. And uh, I don't care if he's getting help. Doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't go there to hear Pavarotti anyway, uh, because Pavarotti can't blow up things. So um, <laughs> the Kiss shows that I saw were amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, um, we, we, we share we share we share that, um, you know, pretty much those same views as well. Um, the, the, the most recent one at the garden, that was my 18th kiss show. Um, and other than the reunion in 96, I told these guys that that was probably my greatest kiss experience. And, um, you know, like we've, we've heard it before on our other shows, the, the backing tracks, the vocal help, et cetera, et cetera. Who cares? Who cares? They're amazing. It's kiss, you know, if you're at a, yeah, if I'm saying if you're at a kiss show, and that's what you're wasting your time. Wait, let me see. Let me see. Is he? Yeah, he's away from like, dude. Get a life. Yeah. Like honestly, you are looking for reasons to be upset in your life. If that's what you do when you're at the Kiss show. Yeah, I just heard a um, a interviews recently with uh, Alan Niven. He was with Mitch Lafon. Oh, and, nice. Uh, they were interviewing Bobby Blotzer, and they were talking about Warrant was using backing tracks back in '89. Oh so, yeah. There's this backing track keyboard thing. It's been around a while. I don't care. I want it to sound good. I don't want it to sound like shit. So it doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. 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 I, I don't understand. Like Zeus just said, I'm not really sure. I don't understand why people are so bent out of shape. I mean, for Christ's sake, these guys are almost seventy. If, if you're gonna, if, if you're gonna tell me, I started liking Kiss when I was five. Okay, I'm gonna be forty-six. If you told me that forty-one years into my Kiss fandom, I could still see this band performing live. Give me it. I want it. Yeah. Um, the thing I wanted to bring up is it's funny you say that. And we we don't really refer to him. And, uh, you know, Sonny's not part of this, but we uh, we refer to him as Stuart. He's the instigator and the shit stirrer of all this I because agree. he never had a problem with any of this before until somebody started saying Paul Stanley's lips. All of a sudden, that's his crusade now. Meanwhile, all the bands he puts on there are are doing this stuff nonstop, but he never brings that up to them. I saw, you know, when you go down that rabbit hole late at night and you're looking at YouTube clips on his show, he had a, some caller called in. I, I sent that to you, Tommy. Remember yep, yep. he had somebody call in. He was like, you know what? You give Paul Stanley a lot of shit, but man, I saw Vince Neal. He's like, that is, that is a hot, shit sandwich in a burning dump stuff that is awful he, he he can't even keep up he's singing every other word he would you know have the audience sing and and he and Stuart goes on to basically say that well he's doing god bless him you know he's not faking it he's doing his best is he really trying to justify that he would rather see a concert with a guy like vince neal singing that poorly god bless him he's just not singing well right didn't hear what paul's doing uh, that's that's just it's just a biased view and you're just 
changing everything that you've probably stood for just to get a point so you could take that dig at Paul and kiss. I don't know. And I, I mean, if you if you're uncomfortable making a comment on it, you don't have to, Sonny. No, I, I just, uh, you know, it doesn't matter to me. Um, Paul's taking it to the bank. So whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah, and it's just it it gets frustrating when I'm listening to this, and that's the stuff. And you know, you'll you'll see people. Oh, you know, that's when you get the half a cover band, or oh, they're lips, buddy. They're not. He's not lip singing that concert, and it it just, you know, it's one of those things that you 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 start getting aggravated. Then you're like, you know what? What am I wasting my time? I'm 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 back like them being miserable. Like I don't care. You want to think like that? Go ahead, think like that. I know that they put on a great show. At not one point that I sit there and go, you know what? I'm not happy because I think Paul might have some help, a backing track on uh, on Love Gun. I mean, come on, right? I was actually at a different point. I, I remember listening at Anaheim. They're doing "I Was Made for Loving You," and you know Paul's getting to that high part, and I'm like, Paul, don't do it. Just don't. <laughs> just skip it. I, I'll give you a break. Like, I'd rather just you not do it instead of try and maybe not hate it, right? Yep. And he stepped away from the mic right at the end. I'm like, oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I, that was I, good. It's, it's funny because when we, when we were at the Garden Show, uh, the platform that Paul flies out and lands on, we were maybe 20 feet from him. I mean, right in front of him. And it, and I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, ooh, I'm like, this is going to be touchy. How is he? Th- this high note, this ain't going to happen. What's going to happen? And um, yeah, the, the kind of, I can't get enough. Yeah, that we were kind of, think, kind of thinking the same thing. Um, yeah, it, that's funny. Yeah, real quick, Sonny, before we move on to our next uh, little thing here, real quick, what what's your take on? The, I know this is kind of cliche question, but what's your take on the set list? You know, I wish they would play deeper tracks. I mean, I like deeper tracks. Uh, you know, Paul saying that people only want to hear the classics okay or they want to only hear the hits well he's not playing the hits so that's obviously not true but in your recent bracket thing detroit rock city's there love guns there deuce is there and i stole your love's gonna lose so i guess paul's right because that's what everybody votes for perfect segue sonny thank you that was the next thing we we're going to talk about that couldn't have been done any better um so, yeah, so the Makeup Madness Tournament, that's something that Zeus and I thought up a couple weeks ago because, um, <clears throat> as I mentioned on our you know a previous episode, I follow a bunch of different things on Twitter, and everybody's doing brackets. I mean, I saw a 64-seed tournament. It was a fast food bracket. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, good. I need to find that because I, I partake in that. That's good. It was great. It was great. And I'll tell you, as of last night, the f- the championship was Chick Fil A versus Taco Bell. <laughs> oh man! See, my bracket Wendy's would have won. <laughs> but it's gotta be. You gotta preface that by saying, like, give me the situation. Is right. it three in the morning? You're shit faced, <laughs> or is it like, or like you haven't eaten so long? You're hungry. Which one is it? <laughs> yeah. So that's what brought. So that's what brought us to the makeup madness thing. And I'm glad you you brought that up because we just briefly wanted to touch that. And you're right. Look at. Look at the the final four. And right now, you know, by the time this episode drops, we'll be in the championship round. But you're right. The final four is Deuce, Love Gun, Detroit Rock City, and I Stole Your Love. And right now it looks like Deuce and Detroit Rock City are going to go to the championship. So, you know, what does that say? I, it, Unfortunately, I think it kind of leads a little credence to what Paul says, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, I, 
will people go to the bathroom if they do Mr. Speed? No. Nobody's Hell going no. to the bathroom. Not any more than they're doing it when they're doing Beth. Like, it's the same. Exactly. So I, I don't believe that. But, you know, I don't get to put the set list together. I'm just glad they're out there. The set list is what it is. I'll take yep. it. Yep. All right. I'm looking at this bracket, and I'm saying Detroit Rock City is going to win this because – Oh, no doubt. It, it kicked out. Look at its competition. Do you love me? It knocked out Mr. Speed, and it knocked out Black Diamond. And it's knocking out everybody by a lot. Like, yeah. it, 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 Detroit Rock City has not had one close matchup. So the other I think that- ones had, uh, you know, some some were kind of a little easy to get into this yep. far. You know, tough. some had tougher brackets and stuff. And we try to mix these things up. But I think Detroit Rock City really beat the powerhouses. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. So, so, Zeus, so Zeus, what do we got? Well, the next thing I want to do is um, – just I'm going to skip out a little bit out of order here, Tom. So we have what we deemed the Murph questions. <laughs> and the Murph questions, Sonny, are basic questions when we get somebody on that we want to have, you know, a, a set of questions that we ask somebody to come on here. You know, we're not going to get, um, you know, an athlete or a, or mystery hunter on. We're going to get people that are fans of Kiss or something to do with Kiss. So the questions are all Kiss related, buddy. Um, so question number one, favorite kiss member ace. Ooh. Oh boy. I'm fucked now when it comes to overrated <laughs> favorite kiss song, Mr. Speed. No doubt. Favorite kiss album. Believe it or not. Asylum. Oh, yep. Wait a I minute. You say that. Hold on. I have to. Where's the hang up button? <laughs> I <told you. laughs> this won't be the only time you hang up on me today. <laughs> I actually knew. I actually knew that that was your favorite album from Podcast Rock City. And uh, so did I. I. We'll we'll let that we'll let that slide. We still like so you. So do I. Um, yeah, I think that. Uh, I think it's because the Gene look in the Tears of Fallen. Because <laughs> after you see that, how can you not love the Asylum album? Um, how many Kiss concerts have you been to? 29. Oh, holy shit. Nice. That's my favorite number, too. Nice. Um, favorite Kiss memory? Uh, October 31st, 98. Uh, we saw Kiss at Dodger Stadium with uh, Smashing Pumpkins opening. Um, so we lived in Northern California. Me and my brother, my best friend and his brother, drove down and uh, saw this show on Halloween. Right. And it was a Dodger Staffs, first time we ever been to Dodger Stadium. Nice. And uh, it was the first time we saw Kiss outside of Northern California. And uh, it was amazing. It was an amazing night. Wow. Now, you said you've seen them. Tw- you've said you've seen them 29 times. What was the uh, what was the first one? First one was Asylum. OK. February so- 4th, 86. OK. So I-, I think that's interesting because my favorite Kiss album real quick is Love Gun. And it was the very first I was five years old. Love Gun had been Love Gun was a year old. My my older cousin had the record, and I don't know if it's nostalgia or what. I mean, I truly I truly do love Love Gun, but I think it's interesting that Asylum's your favorite album, and that was the first time you saw Kiss. It's kind of interesting how that kind of that whole thing works with Kiss and the and the fandom and the memories. Yeah, I think you know everybody's got a little bit of a different story. For me, I got into music uh, in the summer of '84. And it was MTV that got me into the music. So yep. I, uh, you know, seeing seeing Paul jump through the hoop of fire is kind of oh. what got me. 
So, uh, uh, and then after that, I fell in love with the bands that had uh, the guitar burners. And oh, yeah. Bruce absolutely rips on Asylum. He, so he does. He it, does. It just pulled me in. Nice. All right, and because because you're uh, uh, you know, with all due respect to our buddy Murph, who we love, um, <laughs> and he's His listening, roommate. and he's listening right now. Um, we we got some bonus questions um, for Sonny here. These sure. are these are I got two. They're not they're not kiss questions because um, we know that you're huge rock fan. Um, you know, you got the two podcasts, etc. So, couple questions from me. Um, myself personally, I'm a huge fan of rock documentaries. Um, and rock biographies, uh, rock history books, etc. Um, what would be your favorite rock documentary or rock book bio? Uh, I would say Sammy Hagar's book, Red. Oh, okay. That was a great book. I love Paul's book too, actually. Okay. Yeah. Well, Paul's book's amazing. Can't wait for the new one to come out. Yeah. Um, and I know that uh, just from listening, like I said, following you on Growing Up Rock, etc. I know that you're huge fans of bands like Y and T, um, and you've you've consistently talked about your love for uh, Richie Kotzen. Other than Kiss, what what would you say would be your next go to band if you're listening looking for music to listen to? Favorite yeah, band? I get a I have a Big Ten that I go to, and it's okay. not all rock. That Big Ten is Prince, Kiss. Hall of Notes, anything Jeff Scott Soto, anything Richie Kotzen, Y&T, Maiden, Striper, Hailstorm, and Sammy Hagar. Wow, Hailstorm, interesting. Love Hailstorm. A newer band you throw in there, interesting. Okay, nice. Very cool, Cool. interesting. So I've got got a couple for you too, Sonny, and I'm going to pick up where Tommy left off. So mine was, so I know you're a big Y&T fan. We hear you talking about them all the time. Now, I know this sounds so cliche. It's like someone says, Oh, Kiss, I know, rock and roll all night. So I'm going to say, yeah, I know Y&T, Summertime Girls. I remember that song. But, you know, back when cassettes were big, I also had Contagious. I had that. And I just remember playing that, and I was, oh, that's a pretty good album. But since, let's say I want to get back into them, give me an album that you say, you listen to this, and you'll and you'll see why I like them so much. Black Tiger. Oh, okay. Black Tiger, you can't go wrong. And if you want to go two steps farther than that, I would tell you Mean Streak and Down for the Count. Oh, Those mean three streak. albums are like Desert Island albums for me. Nice. Really? Yeah. Now, it's funny because I've been – real quick, Zeus. Um, so I've been I've been subscribing to Satellite Radio. Do, do you have Satellite Radio, Sonny? Uh, no, I just pretty much do – I listen to podcasts on my phone. Okay, so I got satellite radio about 10 years ago, um, and the one thing that I love about it is that it, it introduced me and kind of reintroduced me to bands that I knew but never really, you know, you know kind of continued to follow. Um, <clears throat> and, and you know, with a station like Ozzy's Boneyard that plays 70s and 80s classic hard rock and heavy metal, Hair Nation, etc., um, they play a lot of Y&T, and I never realized how many good songs and how, how, how good of a band they were until I started hearing things other than summertime girls, like Zeus said, you know, like a song like mean streak. I mean that, that they're, they're a really good band. And, um, you know, I think I might take up, uh, you know, the information that you gave to Zeus and maybe pay attention to them a little bit more. Yeah. They're outstanding. If you ever get a chance to see them live, they never disappoint. Nice. All right. Second question for me. Um, since you have two of your own great pod, uh, uh great podcasts, 
I'm assuming you have a little bit of time. You listen to other podcasts. Can you name me one non-Kiss podcast that about music that you think that I would really like and our listeners would like? And then name me one non-music podcast that you might listen to and that you think we would like. Uh, music podcast, you know, we all grew up, uh, grew up, make it sound like forever ago. <laughs> We're all disciples of the Decibel Geek podcast. So Decibel Geek podcast, I would say music-wise, is uh, is one of the best. Uh, they've been around five, six years now. I think they're over 300 episodes, if I if I got that right. And uh, Chris and Aaron do uh, an outstanding job on us. If you haven't uh, listened to Decibel Geek podcast, I would go there. Yep. Non-music, my absolute go-to is the Pete and Sebastian show. Sebastian Maniscalco's got a podcast. Oh, my God. He Dude, is hilarious. It is goddamn hilarious. They're on, like, episode 390, and I just oh, started listening to them, like, six <laughs> six weeks or six months ago. So I've been going back. Oh, my God. They are hilarious. I absolutely love Sebastian Man. I cannot believe he has a podcast. Yeah, it's called this Pete and Sebastian show. I, I actually have my phone in front of me right now, and I'm I'm not even kidding. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. As we speak, I literally just hit the subscribe button on my iPhone because I can't. I never even knew that was a show. See, this is why we have people like Sonny on. <laughs> well, that's just the thing. I the, the you know I don't have that long of commute. Tommy has a long commute to work. Yeah, I don't have all that time. I, I wish I did. Shit, my clients would be pissed at me if all I'm doing. I, I can't get back to you. I gotta listen. I gotta listen to somebody describe Gene's codpiece on the '78 tour. You know, so I, I I wish I had those time. I, mean, I try to use as much as I can, and I you know you you listen to the music ones, but you also gotta realize you gotta start you know expanding your horizons. And uh, it sounds like I'll take a listen to this one. And, and I'll let you know what I think. I bet you I'm going to like it because I find his sense of humor is just outstanding. Nice. Awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool because they're not doing stand-up. They just go, all right, so what happened this week? And they just literally talk about their lives. Oh, that's perfect. Good yeah. stuff. Yeah. So going to bring us back to the title of the episode is Love Them, Leave Them. And why are we calling it that, Tom? Well, we always, if you're, if you're a fan of the show, we try to name our episodes with a Kiss song that kind of loosely represents the episode. Or something about Kiss, not always a song title. Right. Now, Love Them, Leave Them, uh, that might be a little bit harsh because we are going, the three of us are going to give our top five overrated and underrated things about the Kiss world. So overrated doesn't mean that we don't like the things on our overrated list. <clears throat> it means that we might not like them as much as the general consensus Kiss fan likes them. And the same with underrated. Underrated might mean that, you know, these are things that we like a little bit more than the normal Kiss fan. Now, I'm prepared to tell you all who's listening. Wait, 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 wait. Are you backtracking a little? Not at all. Not at all. No, no, not at all. And I'm going to no, right. tell you, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you because I'm looking at my overrated list. Everything on my overrated list, I, I truly do like. However, they're all fucking overrated, and you're all going to kill me when you hear it. Sonny is afraid that we're going to hang up on him when he reads his overrated list. Because <laughs> I don't like everything that's on my overrated yeah, list. Yeah, I'm with you, Sonny. I don't either. Oh, shit. 
I'm not equivocating. I, I there's some that I just don't like. Okay. So we came up with. Uh, let me see if I want to get this thing right. So we're gonna start this with the most overrated, and then end on underrated. And try to end positively. So the first number five. We're going from five to one. Um, I know you have some uh, honorable mentions we can get to afterwards, Sonny, but we're going to start with the um, top five overrated things about Kiss. Give us number five for you, Sonny. All right. So I heard somebody say the other day that they would put up Peter's drumming from 1974 to 1978 up against anybody, that they would back it, that he was one of the best, blah, blah, blah. So Peter was one of the best. For five fucking years, you wouldn't put that. You wouldn't put up with that with Portnoy or McBrain or Alex Van Halen. They weren't allowed to only be good for five years. Why is Peter only allowed to be good for five years? Peter's drumming is overrated. Oh, shots fired right away. So if you listen to this podcast, everyone should know that that's I love Peter. Um. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree with Sonny, though. <laughs> I'm not. I can't. Well, His drumming. Well, look, I'm not going to say his drumming is as poor as um, Gene and Paul make it out to be something. Oh, blue Peter Chris away. Oh, Peter Chris terror. Like, stop. He's not that bad. But is he like a big influential? Is he like a, you know, people going, oh, I got to take that style from Peter Chris. No. After, after Love Gun, yeah. You know, I, I'm kind. I gotta lean. I kind of agree with Sonny. I, 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 I mean, when you throw those names, when you throw names like Mike Portnoy and Alex Van Halen in there, I, you'd be a fool to throw Peter Chris's name in there. So, but yeah, that that that's a that's a tough one to take for as a Kiss fan. But I'm not gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> not gonna not gonna entirely disagree. As people crash their cars into the nearest stop sign. Oh no no no! The crashing of the cars will probably come soon if it hasn't already. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, so, uh, Tommy, you're number five. Oh, all right. Uh, th- this is this. Okay. Uh, this is not equivocating as Zeus is accusing me of. Okay, because overrated. Because overrated doesn't mean I don't like it. But I'm going to tell you right now. Yeah. Destroyer is the most overrated Kiss album in their entire catalog. Okay. It's got good songs on it. I know it's got some epic songs. It's got Detroit Rock City and Beth and God of Thunder. I can name at least five or six Kiss albums that I would rather listen to any day over Destroyer. When I think of Destroyer, I think of like Led Zeppelin 4. It's the album that people like, oh, Destroyer's best album. Oh, Led Zeppelin 4, best Zeppelin album. Both are wrong. And... Destroyed Zeppelin, th- Zeppelin three, but go ahead. Wrong the physical graffiti, but that's a separate podcast. Okay. Destroy deserves love. Sonny, wait, wait, Sonny, do you have a thought on that, real quick? I can't believe that you put that at number five because it was my number two. Oh! <laughs> I just replaced my number two, but it was my original number two. I can't believe you had all the way down at five. Great expectations alone should make it number one or two. Beautiful. Ah, oh, this is wow. This is perfect. This is perfect. You don't just clutch your breast when you listen to Gene Simmons plays bass. <laughs> oh, all right, Zeus. Let's move along. You're number five. Oh, I wanted to get a quick hit. Uh, uh, I was going to ask Sonny, best Zeppelin album? Uh, four. No. Oh. 
after, after I get shit on it. <laughs> Destroy your best kiss album. All right. Now, my number five. All right. My number five is the Kiss My Ass CD. <laughs> Toad the Wet Sprocket doing rock and roll. That's what you get. You're fucking Kiss. That's who's playing your epic song. What the fuck is Shandy's addiction? All right. Can I jump in here? No, let me finish. Dinosaur Jr.? Extreme? All right, we're already into the alternative era, grunge and stuff. What the hell are you putting Extreme on on that album? And then I don't know who Yoshiki is, but a, a, a song like Black Diamond, that's the best version you can get. This is... Terrible. Now, I will give them credit for getting a Garth Brooks, a Lenny Kravitz. That's different. Anthrax makes sense. But this, this is all you can get for a Kiss tribute album? Well, oh, I, I think we mentioned this briefly before. I actually, even if you don't enjoy it, I think it was a brilliant marketing strategy because those bands were popular and current at the time. And I think that led to that whole interest in the nostalgia of Kiss. People are like, oh, shit. Dinosaur Jr., whether you like them or not, they were a popular band when that album came out. Yeah, they may have sold 40,000 albums. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sonny, Kiss My Ass, what do you think? I actually like the CD. Oh. Uh, yeah. Oh. I, I especially like uh, Brooks, Kravitz, and Extreme. You know, some yeah. of the other bands, uh, they did okay, and some of it's uh, a little bit far out there, but, uh, you know, I, I agree with Tom. I think it was timing and i'm surprised kiss was involved because at the time i didn't know kiss was involved i figured somebody just did it on their own yeah I mean, I, I, extreme had its place in time by that year you might as well have grabbed poison was even was gary sharon even in extreme or did he already yeah. get thrown yeah. out of van halen then no he no, no, he, no, was no he wasn't he's, yeah he said he's saying on that yep wow. all right we're over to number four. Sonny, what do you got? Oh, boy. Here we go. Okay. So I'm going to tell you that All Systems Go is one of my Desert Island albums. Ooh. But oh. Vinny Vincent's guitar playing in Kiss is overrated. Yes! That guy did not save Kiss. <laughs> we didn't need him on Lick It Up. I, I don't listen to really Lick It Up much because of it. And... Love Vinny and the Vinny Vincent Invasion, but in Kiss, overrated. Interesting. Interesting. I like it. I like go it. Go ahead, Tom. I'll let you go first. Well, no. Well, no. If you don't mind, I'm going to – that's actually a really good segue into my number four, okay? Because Sonny kind of hinted at it as he was railing against Vinny's inability to play the guitar. <laughs> but I think one of the most – overrated theories or discussions is that Vinny saved Kiss. That is one of the most tiring cliches that you hear Kiss people. It's actually like a question to people. So what do you, th what do you think? You think Vinny saved Kiss? Fuck no, Vinny didn't save Kiss. Okay? This has always been Paul's band. Nothing is ever going to kill Kiss. Kiss is like the musical equivalent of a cockroach. They're never going to die. Nothing's going to kill them. Vinny contributed some good songwriting on Lick It Up. I prefer the album. Sonny mentioned that he's not a big fan. He wrote some killer tracks on Revenge. But in terms of saving Kiss, that is a completely overrated thought in my mind. That's my number four overrated. 
All right. So your four overrated is um, Vinny saved Kiss, and Sonny's is Vinny's guitar playing. Yes. It's the guitar playing, Sonny, that you're saying, right? That's right. The songwriting okay. is great, but uh, yeah, his guitar playing, it just never fit to me. It just never okay. fit. I think, uh, look, I don't think he saved Kiss, but I think you're both a little bit wrong. More so you, Sonny, and here's why. Uh-oh. I think on the albums, his guitar playing is fine. It's not Vinnie Vincent, um, the Invasion, the first album, crazy guitar playing like that, <laughs> where it's just kitchen sink. Every single note he could throw in a song was in there. I think they controlled it. I think his his concert Anytime I've seen concert footage of Vinny is horrible, horrible guitar playing. <laughs> he kills all those Kiss songs. I agree with you there. But, you know, I don't think he make Lick It Up. I think it's a great song. I don't think he's doing anything extraordinary. He's playing a good role as the Kiss guitarist. But he isn't one of those, oh, shit, they just put Malmsteen or Eddie Van Halen in Kiss. Look at this guy go. They reined him in a little bit. So I agree with you. His guitar playing wasn't anything excellent during those time. He was decent. And certainly during those concerts, he was awful. <laughs> awful. <laughs> um, so I, I kind of agree with you, Sonny, on some of it. Um, I, I just don't think, like, I don't think it was bad. But, yeah, if you're looking for a guitar hero, I don't think you should look at any Vinnie Vincent's Kiss work and be like, wow, this is so hard to play. Or this, I think his songwriting, songwriting in his skills in crafting good albums with Paul and Gene. Those albums are awesome, but yeah, definitely. I I don't know. I mean, here's so, my number four. Uh-oh. And, and you've heard me say this a million times and I'm going to be pretty explicit about it. Um, Cycle Circus, the song sucks. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon.
so sick of that song. Paul, nobody likes that song except for one guy I saw on Twitter, and Tommy had a, made a point to show me out. Some guy wrote it. Oh. Um, I can't stand the song. It sucks. I it, it, it the premise of it is stupid. What is this? I mean, it's just oh, and the song. I don't get it. The chorus isn't good. Uh, um, it's one of the worst songs on that album. And Paul is shoving it down our throats with and any interview. Well, you know, a song like Cycle Circus becomes a classic. No, it's not a classic. You just play it, buddy. Oh, I mean, are you telling me that somebody would see Kiss live and they don't play Cycle Circus and they would be like, oh, what the hell? What a terrible concert. They didn't play Cycle Circus. That song so- sucks. Sonny, thoughts? <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right, so I actually really like that song. Oh, it's God, it's one of the better songs off the newer three albums. Oh, and, unfortunately, uh, unfortunately, that's not saying much, though, but go yeah, ahead. Yeah, yeah. And then that Halloween show I was telling you about, they opened with Psycho Circus, and it was just, that's that's the thought that I have in my head every time they play that song. Now, do they need to play it live, and would I rather hear, you know, I Stole Your Love or Mr. Speed or something else? Yeah, but uh, I think it's a well-crafted song, honestly. Oh. It's catchy. I think you know what it is. It sounds like Zeus's problem is not necessarily with the song itself. It's with Paul's mentality of forcing us to love it. <laughs> it became a classic. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. I never heard anybody go, "Oh, I love Kiss. I love that song. Oh, I love Cycle Circus." Nobody says it. I've yet to hear anybody boast about their love for Cycle Circus. Well, the the one the one thing I'll say is on the end of the road tour, the, the graphics on on the screen that looks pretty cool though. Yeah, you pointed that out. Yeah, me. that's cool. Yeah. They do a good job with it. Yeah. All right. Sorry, Paul. <laughs> Not a fan <laughs> of the song. Number three, Sonny. Oh, man. I'm going to get kicked off Podcast Rock City after I say this. Uh-oh. Number three overrated for me is that terrible movie, Phantom of the Park. Oh! Terrible. Oh, no. You would never get let another band. If Van Halen put that movie out, <laughs> nobody would ever watch it. That is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Now, do I watch it every Halloween? Fuck yes, but it is terrible. But but it's supposed to be terrible. That's but no, it not. Is. I don't think it was supposed to be terrible. No, 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 no. It's no. When it was made in '78, it wasn't supposed to be terrible. <laughs> but it's become so terrible. It's it's beloved. <laughs> It's terrible, and it's it's. Oh my God, they have a movie. Have you seen the movie? Scooby Doo's way better. Oh, Star Child. (laughs) Tommy and I, even from college, Sonny, Tommy would quote how bad the acting non-kiss people. What's the part that you always say to me? Which one? I don't know. The cop. The cop. What does he say to Gene at the... Oh, look, this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) Gene does the lion. Yeah. Oh, man. I love the Paul shooting stuff out of his eye and like breaking things and changing oh, yeah. things like what the oh. hell is he shooting what well, bionic man doesn't even do that how come paul can do it <laughs> or better yet when they're crossing the bridge it's all quiet paul Best takes moment. like four steps looks back all serious he goes let's go <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so oh. awful oh right. man uh, i mean I- i'm with you on it i'm just glad you put it on the list sonny <laughs> I wanted to talk about it because that's awesome. All right, Tom, what do you got? 
All right. Uh, so this was gonna this was gonna go on my underrated list. Okay, but what possible? I'm gonna explain it to you. So I was gonna put it on my underrated list, but what I chose to do instead was to put it the beating that it takes on the overrated list. Now, Sonny is not gonna like this, but I think hey. I think the beating that the elder takes is overrated. I don't think it's warranted. I don't think it's fair. I think it takes too much of a beating. Yes, it's got issues. It's got just a boy. It's got some silly orchestral music, but it's got songs like The Oath, I, Dark Light, Mr. Blackwell. If you like instrumentals, it's got Escape from the Island. I don't think it's a terrible, terrible album. I think it's become cliche that it is a total disaster from start to finish, and it's not. And I can't wait to hear what Sonny has to say about this. <laughs> uh, it's it's a bad album. It just is. Uh, th- there's songs I can tolerate nowadays, and there's there's songs I cannot tolerate. Um, you know, does it take too much of a meeting? Probably. Uh, Carnival of Souls, too, probably. Uh, but I just don't like either one of those albums. Yeah, see, I, I, it's funny. I actually think Carnival of Souls deserves the beating that it gets from start to finish. Whereas I think The Elder has become like an urban legend of this kiss travesty. And and don't get me wrong, it, it has some pretty pretty unlistenable stuff on there. It really does. But there are songs that I, I, I honestly, I enjoy. Zeus? You're a big fan of fanfare, huh? <laughs> and just a boy just play that sonny for him and then we'll see if he keeps it on but see, yeah but see now you're making my point is that people say the elder they say just a boy come on man it's it's more than just a boy it's just i know look um uh, this is ridiculous now that's in my head thanks tom um you're right I wouldn't put it that low simply because I love the song I and I love the oath. Yep. I actually really like only you. Yeah. I think that's a very good song until, do you know that song, Sonny, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) Where all of a sudden for no reason, Paul thinks he's uh, bebopping to Elvis. (laughs) Oh no, that's I. That's an I. I. Yeah. Yeah. That's I. Yeah. I mean, Oh, my God. There's some just weird decisions being made on that album. I think, you know, Ezrin got a hold of too much drugs or something. Oh, totally. And, um, he thought he was dealing with Pink Floyd or something. And I don't know where this album went off. but Well, di- didn't he just finish doing The Wall? Yeah, that's my point. Yeah. I don't know right, what right. he's thinking. Right, right. You know, that's not Kiss. That's not its style. Right. So, all right. So, what do you got for leave what, off now? You got you, you, your number three. Oh, <laughs> now I know you guys aren't going to like this. Um, I've heard someone on this show do a pretty good Paul Stanley impression. Ooh, um, yes. Yeah. So my number three is Paul Stanley stage raps. <laughs> but they're classic. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Hear me out. You could fit at least three more songs if he shut the fuck up. <laughs> they're annoying. Some of this is cheesy, but then... I wonder if he really believes this shit. How many of you believe in rock and roll? Like, <laughs> you're still saying this from 1974. What are you preaching about? It, you know, and the other thing, I 
think it killed his fucking voice? All oh. that stuff that he does at the beginning. Of, I, I, I want, 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 like all that stuff that he does. I think it's killed his voice over the years. Yeah, you're um, probably right. You're probably yeah, right about that. It's, it's like, you know, they tell you, oh, don't pull on it too much. You'll break it. <laughs> He's pulling on his voice so much. He broke it all yeah. because of his stage raps. Go ahead. Give me the sh- give me some shit. I know I'm going to get it. Go ahead, Sonny. His Paul, his stage raps are classic. Nobody, and I mean nobody. I've seen 400 shows probably total. Nobody can touch his stage raps. They're funny. Um, oh, kiss animal, uh, animal lies uncensored. Oh, stuff. Some of that stuff's classic. That ain't no piss. When has he done? I mean, yeah. When has he done that last? Yeah, but it's it just anything he kind of comes up with. Like the Vegas one, when we walked away from it, we kept going, but, but, because everything he said, he would say, but, you know, um, it's just, he's fun to make fun of, I guess. I think, um, all right, I think Sonny hit, I, I think Sonny hit the nail on the head right there. He's fun to make fun of. you think he could fit a couple more songs? Or do I really still need, since 1979, he's still measuring, is it the left side? Wait a minute. <laughs> let me check. Right side? <laughs> Wait a minute. What about all the freaks in the middle? <laughs> I like it when he covers his eyes and then points. Oh, no. And then he does his head shaking. Yeah, it's this side over here. No. And then no. all of a sudden you're like, what the? And then every side's booing at each other. And all of a sudden you're like, what the hell's going on? No, my favorite my favorite Paul rant or, or, or stage rap, whatever, was the one from this tour. And Sonny, I'm sure everything's scripted, so I'm sure he did the same thing. Leading up to calling Dr. Love. We got global warming. We got climate change. First, it's hot, then it's cold. You're getting sick. All right, that act that I actually enjoyed. <laughs> See, well, like who could come up with stuff like that and pull it when off? He, Nobody. When he screws up, this one here comes off rock and roll over. Christine, sixteen. Oh God, we have that, Sonny, because we got the what was the what was the tour? It was the Rock the Nation, in the instant live CD. So we got that when he played in Boston. I still have the CD. I still laugh at it all the time, but I play the song. Rock and roll over. Christine 16. <laughs> and, and there's like there's like there's like 10 seconds of silence in the crowd. Like, wait a minute. Wait a oh, minute. That's uh Love Gun, buddy. Or my favorite song, when he ever comes to Boston, I mentioned this last time, Sonny. He doesn't realize that Boston and New York hate each other. So oh, yeah. he thinks it's like a thing to say, like, oh, we're close, we're friends with New York. We just grew up right down the street, New York, and he gets booed. Well he he well, put on, I think was it you that mentioned that he put on that. Yankees shirt. Yeah, well, that was at the Mohegan, Mohegan show I was at. Yeah. And then I thought there were going to be fist fights. People were like, boo! And half the crowd was like, yeah, Yankees. Oh, Sonny, it was awful. Sonny, I think I heard, I think on the on the last podcast, Roxy, I think you brought that up about the, him putting on the Yankees shirt at Mohegan. Yeah, yeah, because it was on uh, it was on YouTube. And when I saw it, I'm like, what the hell is he doing? We I were was in the crowd yelling at people like, boo! Son- Sonny, I was, at, I was at that show. We were at that, Zeus and I were at that show, and when he put that shirt on, I was like, holy shit, he has no idea where he is right now. <laughs> oh, just Anyways, uh, you know what, Sonny? I'll put this in the category that you, you guys were talking about. I'll say overrated. I don't hate it, but they, it gets annoying. How's that? That, that? And that's what I meant about overrated. Right. All right. All, All right. right. So we go to number two, Sonny. All right. So number two for me is... Kiss showing up at the Grammys. 
Oh, you know, a lot, a lot gets made of it. Mm. But the Grammys have never loved Kiss. Uh, you know, and I get it. There's 20 million people watching, and they were trying to shock the world. You know, shock the world. You know, on some huge movie or TV show that was hot then, or like show up to a Seinfeld recording, or <laughs> you know. But the Grammys have never given Kiss any love, and to be standing behind Tupac and not say anything, I just. I wish they would have done the intrepid thing as the crazy thing, like on Prey Preview or something crazy like that. Yeah. Well, it's funny, too, because we had briefly talked about this on our 90s episode. Um, It it was awkward, too, because if you watch that clip now, the audience isn't like going crazy. The audience is all like, what the fuck is going on? Why is Kiss here? You know why? Because it was full of my favorite other band, the Eagles. And like Glenn Fry and the, Timothy B. Schmidt are looking at each other like, what? Yeah, no, it's, like, I, I think Sonny, I think Sonny hit the nail on the head. It, it, it didn't fit. It wasn't a place for them to be. Yeah, they could have done something bigger. I just don't know what it would have been. But, yeah. uh, but I get it. You're going to take one shot at where everybody's watching, but that crowd is not a Kiss crowd. So no. I'm sure there was people sitting in the audience going, "Who the hell's that?" Exactly. Hey, Tupac, what watch out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Tommy, what do you got? All right, number two. This was going to be number one, but I bounced it down to number two so that I can take a bigger beating on my number one. The drums on Creatures of the Night. I can't see that. Overproduced, overrated, not the sound that I want to hear on that album. When I, hit, when I want to hear drums in a rock album, I want to hear the sound from Rock and Roll Over, the sound from Love Gun, um, the sound from Revenge. Um, I understand the love for that. Um, I've heard people say, why couldn't they reproduce that sound on Lick It Up, on Animalize, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I, I just, I don't like it. I think people were a little bit overly enamored with it because it came right on the heels of The Elder so I think people are like, wow, Kiss is back, bombastic, I love it loud. Um, just terribly overrated, and I actually think the album itself is slightly overrated as a whole as well, but I think the drums, um, not my favorite. What do you think? I'll let Sonny go. Uh, I like Creatures of the Night. You know, the drums, uh, they're overpowering for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. I, Michael James Jackson was trying to probably bring them back in a big way yep and uh the part that i like about it though is eric didn't really get to show off at any other point like that was really it because he kind of got the minute bruce got in the band he kind of got buried in the mix true so it was kind of nice to have that with eric but uh, yeah i wouldn't want that sound let's say on asylum or crazy nights or something like that that's for sure Right. You right. make you make a nice point because Sonny, what did he come out on? Nobody Killers was overseas. The elder barely sold and they pulled it. So really it was the real introduction of Eric Carr is people are like, Wow, look at this. Listen to Kiss. Listen to those drums. Yeah. So you you, you it, it is a nice introduction to him. Yeah. But yeah, I'm indifferent. Some points I like it and some points I get it, Tom. I get what you're saying. Yep. Um, but yeah, I mean, everyone does talk about it, so you're right. All right. What do you got? All Zeus, right. number two. So my number two is gonna, is gonna, um, kind of piggyback over what Sonny had as his number two. And my number two is Kiss talking about that they're in the Hall of Fame. 
Um, okay. I, we, the biggest thing about Kiss in, in the Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, was the fact that they weren't in it. That they were the best and biggest band that wasn't in it. And it became that kind of their claim to fame. When they got in, yeah, okay, now Kiss is in. Now everyone's starting to get in now. And in addition, why the hell do they keep talking that they're in the Rock and Roll? He mentioned again, you are looking at a band that's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. You that shit was, on it. You made was, it so that it wasn't important. Why do you talk about it that you're in it? I don't get it. That was actually that actually caught me by surprise. I I I, I understood that he was saying that kind of as a way to honor the crowd, but like you said, they've always shit on it. They weren't even they didn't. That was a weird thing. I agree. Yeah, it's an odd uh, duck. Uh, if they're not in the Hall of Fame, we're probably still talking about it. Um, I think the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame only wanted him in to try to get the four to play again and create another unplugged situation. I think yeah. they were hoping that would put them on the map again. That wasn't going to happen no matter what. Um, but, uh, you know, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, first of all, it's not a Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, so who cares? Yeah. Um, but w- what's interesting for me is Kiss and Hall of Notes went in the same year. <laughs> two <laughs> yeah. of my favorite bands. Now, yeah. did, now, now Sonny, now, Sonny did, did, did you go? No, I didn't go. I uh, my wife actually wanted wanted to uh, like buy tickets for me for my birthday. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, babe, I'm not interested. I'd rather yeah. spend that money on something else. Yeah, I mean, you didn't have ten thousand dollars, Sonny. <laughs> no, no, not today. So <laughs> that's part of the thing that I heard. And you know, you like I said, you go down that rabbit hole of watching YouTube clips, and the shit that you find out about the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I saw the kiss, you know, kiss shits on him. Only Ace is the one that talked afterwards. And I found other clips of other artists talking like Steve Miller. He's like, yeah, I got inducted to the Hall of Fame. I'm, it's a Steve Miller band. They're not here because they only let me come in. And if I wanted to bring my bandmates, I'd have to buy them tickets. And they're like $10,000. So I only get invite me and my wife. It's like, how is that? How is that like, like for us, the artists? It's a scam. And I've heard other people go off on it. And, it, and, and it's shit. Like, you know, the artists that are in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and Iron Maiden is not in there. Like, Judas Priest isn't in there. Bands that created that you can say hundreds of other artists will say that is a direct influence on us. No offense, but some of the people that are in there, rappers are not rock and roll. Like, rappers aren't going to put, when they get their own Hall of Fame, they're not going to put in Led Zeppelin. What are we doing here, people? I agree with Gene on that. Interesting, interesting story I saw online too, um, with all the talk with Motley Crue and uh, the Dirt movie, etc. Nikki, I think I believe it was Nikki Six claims that the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame told them that they're not getting in Ever. because because of all their antics and their BS and their escapades. Uh, if that's true, that is absolutely fucking insane. I, I don't know if Motley Crue would get in to begin with. They they should. But to tell a band that they're not going to get in because of what they may or may or didn't do. Has anybody ever read Hammer of the Gods about Zeppelin? Anybody pay attention to what they did back in the 60s and 70s? <laughs> no. You know? I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It'll be all time and place and yeah. if the money's there. You know, I was worried about that. Um about some of my favorite players not making it to the NFL Hall of Fame, right? I'm a huge Cowboys fan. Yep. And 
when Dion got in, I'm like, oh, there goes the Gates. Now Randy Moss, T.O., like all these guys who were kind of like the prima donnas that were yep. great at what they did, yep. they're all going to be invited in now because Dion made it there. Yeah, no, you're right. That's a good analogy. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I just find it strange that it's not so much that Kiss got in, it's the fact that they'll bring it up in interviews. Agreed. Yeah, that's like, a why weird. are you bringing it up? Like, I thought you don't like them. But yeah. anyway. Uh, is, is he going to start uh, signing Paul with a star at the end and then HOF? Or... <laughs> oh, if he does if he does that. <laughs> he does that to your Kiss album, you're going to be pissed? <laughs> oh, like, this is, oh, sell out. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. We sell out Madison Square Garden. Um, so we are up to number one. Oh, I don't have a drum roll, but here you go, Sonny. You're up, buddy. All right. So number one, uh, here we go. You would never let Maiden get away with it. You would never let Zeppelin get away with it. You never let Bon Jovi get away with it or any, any, any other artist with this stupid, dumbass song called I Love It Loud. It is the worst. I cannot believe it is still in the set. It is way overrated. Somebody needs to hit Gene in the head and have him do Secretly Cruel from now on or something. Yes, Sonny. That's probably the smartest thing you've ever said. (laughs) I am on board. Don't insult him like that. I am on board with that the thought about I love it loud and I am also on board with your thoughts about secretly cruel. <laughs> All right. Sonny, I have heard Tommy say the exact same thing about I love it loud. Yeah. I think he said it at the garden when we saw them last week. Um you're both wrong. I love it loud <laughs> is an awesome song. If you've never heard that song and somebody played it for you, you'd be like this song is awesome. It's just overplayed. It's fatigue factor, buddy. The best thing about that song is the MTV video. That's the best thing about that song. Beavis and Butthead. In the, in the, in the Beavis and Butthead clip. Other than other than that. Nope. Yeah. It's the it's the exposed video when they show them playing that in Brazil. Sonny, did you ever see that? Oh yeah, of course. And uh, and he's doing the hey yeah. And there's like a hundred thousand people jumping up and down. Yeah. That is insane. Now and all that... these people go to the bathroom. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And that's how they created the Rio Grande, my friend. Um, it's just, I just, it's, I said that to Tom because we were talking, I'm going to get off track a second, but when he was talking to me that, say, yeah, I don't know, they should be playing something. What was the song you said they should be playing over, say, yeah, Tommy? If they're going to play something off Sonic Boom, it should be Modern Day Delilah. I just said to you that, no, no, it wasn't that. No, you were oh. talking about, um, what's the song? Um, Hello, off- Hallelujah. No, what's the song they just took off? They oh, took Hide Your off. Heart. Hide Your Heart. Hide and your I heart. was saying to Tommy that Say Ya has that Paul Stanley hook where the chorus gets in there. The Say Ya goes right on the board to the crowd to interact with the song. Yep. They did it for the first time. I don't remember them doing it other times. When I Love It Loud was on and they were playing it, they had the Hey Yeah, yeah popping up on this crowd. It makes it gets the crowd into it. It's just another one of those. Okay, this is part of the concert where the crowd does the "Hey, yeah" part. Yeah, I, I think it's that interactiveness that makes it that they want it in the set list at all times. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> but in addition to that, it's a Gene song. True. The more Gene sings, the better for the tour. No, oh, well, that's why they took "Hide Your Heart" out and put in "Calling Doctor Love." Yeah. You know. 
But you saw the reaction to Dr. Love. People oh, love yeah. that song. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. It's a great yeah. song. It, yep. it does have a much better reaction with the crowd than Hide Your Heart would. Oh, oh totally. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, oh, I love it loud. Tommy, you're number All one. All right. The beatings shall now begin. Um, I won't mention the person's name, but everybody's favorite Twitter pollster who does the kiss polls all the time. We know who we're talking about. I won't mention any names. The most recent one came out today and it was asking, what's your favorite kiss solo album at the time that I was putting my list together later today, over 65% of the Twitter poll had the most overrated album. (laughs) Ace Frehley's solo album. Ouch. You got to be kidding me right now. Okay, I'm going to tell you right now. Not only is it overrated, it's not even a very good album. Okay? <laughs> Rip It Out, one of my all-time favorite Kiss songs. Speeding Back to My Navy, great song. Snowblind, unlistenable. Ozone, <laughs> garbage. New York Groove, terrible. Wiped Out, awful. <laughs> I'm In Need of Love, a total mess. Fractured Mirror, pretty good because I don't have to hear Ace's voice. What's On Your Mind is probably is pretty tolerable. The fact that people consistently say that that's the greatest solo album. The only way I can answer that is that they've never heard Paul's because I don't understand how consistently they say that's the best solo album. Terribly overrated. (laughs) Ooh, that's rough. (laughs) Yep. All right. So as I said, Ace is my favorite. Ace is not my favorite solo album. Okay. Ace is my favorite member uh, because I picked my favorite member as if I was a member of KISS, I'd probably end up being Ace. (laughs) So that's how I kind of picked my favorite member. Um, I really like the solo album. My my only problem with Ace's solo album is Fractured Mirror. I would have rather had another vocal song. Like if that was Rocket Ride, oh, shit, that album would be unbelievable. Yes, agreed. Um, I love Paul's solo albums, number one for me. Absolutely. Ace's Ace's is a very close second. But I do agree with Ace's solo arms a little overrated because of New York Groove. Like that's it's yeah. shame that the solo albums are defined by somebody else's song. That's yeah. ridiculous. That's a good point. That is a good point. Zeus? Yeah, I mean, I'm just trying to think. I think Ace and Peter and technically Gene all did covers. Yeah, they all did. Ball. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Tommy used to do in college a great great ace impression when he would do New York Groove we'd have him be all pigeon-toed and he'd do the thumb pointing himself many years since I was here pointing <laughs> it's, himself it's, it's, on, it's on Kissology I think it's on the Largo yeah. concert from 79 in Maryland <laughs> he looks like he is about a stiff breeze from falling over <laughs> and I've been there that's why I adopted ace yeah exactly <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> But the Tommy would do it so good, man. Since I, oh you, yeah, oh, yeah, so you, yeah. I wasn't sure who you were pointing to yourself. Oh, okay, buddy. Um, uh, there's some good songs on it, but yeah, I get it. I mean, a lot. I mean, I like, and I'll say like loosely. Ozone, um, wiped out is kind of funny because he's talking about drinking. I guess. Uh, the, I guess. I guess my the, they're my, not bad, but they're nothing killer. Paul Stanley's got about. Four or five killer songs, and, and, and on his solo, and that's my point. I, I, like, f- like I said, I honestly don't think that the Ace album is very good at all. There's got a couple songs I can listen to. I, I, 
it just blows me away that it consistently consistently across the board everybody says the best solo i'm like how how are you not if you're a kiss fan how are you look listening to that it's really rock it's is a it lot of rock have you heard have you heard Snowblind? yeah oh, it's all about cocaine and stuff people uh, like I, I know but come on i don't know ace is the badass he's the rebel in kiss where as much as gene is the demon and paul's like the ladies man star child they were both kind of squares they didn't do that shit ace and peter were the wild men i think yeah. that's why it kind of took off okay um i'm gonna take off on that though okay Go ahead. and <laughs> you're not gonna like this sonny uh-oh so my number one um overrated is <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to phrase this correctly is ace freely himself <laughs> what ace what My number one overrated thing about kiss you are holy and i say overrated i like ace i like his solo album i like some of the songs in kiss but you know he's what do you think okay i, I want to ask a serious question of both of you guys do you think Ace outside of Kiss, no makeup, nothing, no guitar, shooting rockets, none of this falling down drunk, Ace as a guitarist would be the rock guitar legend that he is if he wasn't the guitarist for Kiss? Oh, he um, would have sold one album. He would not have sold one album. Nobody he, would know who he was. He'd be do homeless. Do you think he's an originator? Wait, or, wait, wait Sonny just said he'd be homeless. He'd be homeless. <laughs> Isn't he now? No. He's not homeless right now. Now, that's a hot take. <laughs> He'd be homeless. Uh, no, I mean, he needed Kiss. There is absolutely no doubt. Kiss, that character that he built that became him, his guitar playing was unique enough. His voice was unique enough. And the, the combustible mix of the drinking and the drugs and the crazy and the little bit Looney Tunes is perfect for kiss this guy was not bob seeger he was not rod stewart you know he he would have fell flat on his face would not have sold an album and nobody would have known who he is yeah that's where i'm getting at with that i'm saying that the rock legend that you know how many people or you hear interviews of favorite bands in the 80s and 90s that say oh ace Frehley's a god i love ace Frehley. oh i imitate would they be saying that about his guitar playing if he was just in another band? Or no. is it because he was the guitarist for Kiss? Well, I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of both. I think I think it's more he was the he was the lead guitarist. Okay. He was a very good guitarist, but he was the lead guitarist from the most popular band, crazy, innovative. Well, I think I think it's a combination. Band. I think it's a combination of the theatrics, which obviously, like you said, you know, the smoking guitar, the shooting the firebombs from the neck of the guitar, all this, this. But he was at that time an extremely uniquely talented, like quote unquote guitar hero. He was. And okay. and, and and again, if he wasn't in Kiss, who knows? He could have been in friggin' fog hat and no one would have ever heard him. Let me let me let me get into a little bit more detail what I was really kind of also wanted to talk about. Okay. In addition to that, I want to make point that and this is really Ace Frehley, the guitar god, I'm trying okay. to say. The fact also of Ace and what he would mean to come back to Kiss now, that too. So when I'm talking about Ace himself is overrated, Ace, could you imagine if he was the only lead guitarist in Kiss? No. 
You think he could keep up with that tour and do what Tommy's doing? Tommy and Eric keep, I believe, the band going. They're the structure that allows Gene and Paul to keep up with them. They lead them. Could you imagine if Ace and Gene had to pick up the slack for Ace's playing? I mean, Paul and Gene to pick up the slack for Ace? He couldn't do a tour with them now. Oh, there's a cover band. They need Ace. They need Ace. Does Paul Stanley look like a 70-year-old guy? No. Or act like it? Or even Gene? No. Have you seen Ace's videos? Like YouTube clips? Hey, this song's called <laughs> Parachute. <laughs> He's he always like been a like that. Year old. He, he looks lo- like my old drunkle Ned. Fucking <laughs> someone gave him a guitar. Hey, Uncle Ned, play Parasite. All right, wait, wait, what chord is this, a G? And he's got like three other guitarists on stage covering for him. Can you imagine that mess being th- a lead guitarist on a big farewell tour? I think I think I think you I think the point you're making is well taken about how him people wanting him back in Kiss for the end of the road tour that's ridiculously overrated because Sonny and I'm I'm, I'm sure you know that you'll agree when we when Zeus and I did our concert review episode one of the huge things that we took away from that show was Tommy Thayer. Oh, Tommy's untouchable. Oh, right? absolutely. That, yeah. I think Kiss was saved. You know, we're all, we were talking about Vinnie Vincent saved Kiss. Stupid. Yeah. There's, there's twice Kiss got saved. Paul Stanley saved Kiss in the yep. 80s. Yep. There's absolutely. no doubt about that. Yep. Eric and Tommy is saving Kiss in our decade. Having uh, Eric and Tommy without them, Paul they can't do it. Yeah. yeah, hasn't it given them about another ten years of their career? Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Tommy rips. He he was amazing when we saw him. I mean, he was. I, I was blown away. I mean, we've seen him multiple times. We've seen multiple shows, but it just proves that no matter how old you get, if you keep, if you, if you're, if you pay attention, if you're professional, and you pay attention to your craft and you put the time in it. He was absolutely ripping it up on on all those songs. No pun intended. Rip it up, but. Um, I mean, it was it was amazing. No, I saw that concert and I looked at it. Just, I mean, if you think of it, I was saying this, Sonny, last time. If you're Paul and Gene, you got you're millionaires. You want to go out on top. Do you want to deal with like, oh shit, is he going to show up? Oh shit, is he going to remember this? Or they can just get on stage and know that Tommy and Eric got their back. They don't have to worry about a damn thing. Those guys are kicking ass up there and leading the charge. How much better? All right, you didn't sell 19,000 tickets. You sold 17,500. Shit, I'd rather go on tour with that and not have to worry about a single damn thing and have a great time going out on top. That's how I feel. Yep. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. Totally. All right. All right. Let's let's change let's change the tune here and get to some positivity. Yeah, Zeus, we lose all our listeners. No, <laughs> Zeus, kick kick it off. All Most, right. Most underrated. We'll do reverse order. Top five underrated. My number five, guys, is the Kiss Video Videos DVDs. Okay. I'm talking specifically in order. Animalize, Live Uncensored, 85, Exposed, 1987, Extreme Close-Up, 1992. All of them platinum DVDs. Those three videos were so awesome for us kiss fans you know animalize is as i said in our first intro episode i fell out of kiss 
you know, uh, Sonny, I don't know if you, this was the same with you. Like after Dynasty, I lost them for a few years. And I show up to visit my cousins in Michigan, Detroit, and my crazy older cousin, Mike, has got animized live on his house blasting. And Paul's dancing around in his leopard leotard, shaking his ass, telling that awesome story about that baby had the longest fucking tongue, right? Yeah. Oh, I was like, what the fuck is this? Got me right back into Kiss. Then, before I met Tommy, exposed. I must have watched that a million times. That was my first shit. I can rewind and watch over and over again Kiss in makeup concert videos. And it was kind of cheesy. And back then, I'm junior high, high school. I thought, oh, look at the girls. They're showing tits. You know, (laughs) Paul says that who wants to be lonely's the uncensored version. Like, you know, stuff like that. I just thought it was awesome. I, I thought it was funny. It was kind of cheesy in a good way, though. And then my ultimate high is, and Tommy and I, I mean, I can't say enough about Extreme Close-Up. It made us fall in love with the band, just hearing the in-depth conversations. Seeing seeing that, um, what was the, the specific one? Um, sure Know Something. Sure Know Something. Thank you. You read my mind. Yep. That video or any other clips, or the stuff that we can quote off of that, it made us fall in love with Kiss again, because it, I know it's hair metal time still, but it brought back the old stuff, and it made us crave that. So, obviously, the guys that got it and fell in love with Kiss in the 70s were always going to love Kiss when they put the makeup back on. But the guys that got to know Kiss and grew up with Kiss without the makeup, started looking back and be like, shit, that, that was a cool era. I wish I was in that. They got to experience that later on. I think these videos helped. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah, I love those videos. I mean, those videos, uh, it was like having that time in frames YouTube, right? Yeah. Just like Perfect. people would do today. They want to go see who Imagine Dragons is. You can go check all the YouTube you want, and you'll figure out they suck. But, um, <laughs> but back in the day, right? There's there wasn't any of that. You would have to hope that they pop out on MTV for three minutes, so you could see something. Otherwise, you don't see any of that. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Agreed. Those, those videos were just, you know, it was yours, and you got to play it over and over again. Um, you know, and, they, and there were some swears in it and some tits and stuff that, you know, as a young adolescent, we loved. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember even Jericho, Chris Jericho talks about that. He could quote Paul Stage, Stanley's stage raps from Analyze because that's all him and his buddies used to do is watch that over and over again. Yep. I feel the same way. I, I, I just, to me, those, those are such, I, I love them. I could go on, but I won't. Tom, yeah. you're number five. Okay, uh, so after I just bludgeoned Ace with my number one overrated, I'm going to give him some credit on my underrated list here after you just bludgeoned him too. <clears throat> so when, no one's going to deny Ace's technical ability as a guitarist. We talked about that. I mean, when when people talk about Ace solos, for, for me personally, I, Shock Me is my favorite Ace solo. Um, I love Parasite. But I think... His most underrated, and I think it's because it's on this album, I think Ace's most underrated 
interesting guitar solo is on Dark Light off the Elder. I knew you were um, I think if you if you when you listen to that and you see what he is doing in that it, it's 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 ridiculous. I think because it's buried in the elder, no one really talks about it and gives it any credit. But it, it's it's it. I I think it's I think it's pretty amazing. It's interesting. And he buried that on the Kiss Cruise too because it was awful. Oh, oh, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Sonny. You know, I I'd be interested. If Ace could actually remember, because sometimes in his interviews he doesn't remember anything. But man, I wish he could take us back to sitting in the studio in '81, and you know, is he just sitting there going, "What are you guys doing? We oh, are, we, we shouldn't even release this. You guys are all stupid, <laughs> <laughs> right?" Like, and so, uh, "Escape from the Island" is probably my favorite song on the Elder. Um, I would say uh, I liked Ace's look. In the elder, and I like some of the guitar playing that yeah. Ace did in the elder. Yep. Do you cool. remember in Paul's book, Sonny, where he talked about how pretentious they were that he would tell people to come to his house and put on their headphones and listen to the out the elder as though it was something deep. Yeah. And then he realizes how stupid that sounded. <laughs> I'm I'm embarrassed thinking about that when I read that when I read that. I'm like, oh yeah. my god. Wow. Yeah, like. Yeah, I wish somebody did speak up then, but good job, Tom. Sonny, what do you got? All right, so my number five is another guitar player, and uh, I want to talk about Bruce. <gasps> Kulik is underrated. I mean, Thank you, you. you. You ask anybody in our genre of music, name me 10 uh, guitar gods from the 80s. Bruce's name never comes up. And okay. I'm a Vi fan. I'm a Momstein fan. I'm an Eddie fan. I mean, I, I know there were some rippers. Uh, uh, Warren D. Martini, like uh, out of the cellar, dude, untouchable solos. I put them up against anybody. But man, um, Bruce I, I killed it in the 80s. That. Bruce killed it in the 80s. Doesn't get enough credit. Yeah, I, th I think you nailed that one, Sonny. And I think my, my theory on that is because he's such a quiet, unassuming, normal non-confrontational type of guy. I mean, you see him when they do like interviews, like in the extreme close-up video, 
he's just he's just such a polite person and i think you know in in this you know he's not flamboyant he's not a showboat but i i think you hit the nail on the head nobody names him as 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 an 80s 90s like guitar hero and and they should agreed yeah, have you seen any of his YouTube clips or social media accounts where he was like, "Oh, you guys are a big fan of this song." Hearing me, he's such a nice guy. Yep, he yeah. loves it. The fans love him in the, that era, and he's just so polite about it. He, you're right. I, I, I just don't think he has that. Check me out. I'm dancing upside down, and I got a flaming guitar, and I'm doing all these things. I, I think his he was the right guitarist for them at that time in that era. Yeah. He wasn't overly done, overdoing it. He was a great Kiss guitarist. Yep. Yeah, right. and I'll you know for all the things that Tommy is, and Tommy does a great job in Kiss. Don't get me wrong; we said that over yep. and over. He does the Ace parts great. I don't think he's played a Bruce solo right yet, to be honest. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. It's Bruce funny was, he says that. Yeah. yeah, Bruce was Bruce was dynamic in a very. Like, you know, un, for lack of a better word, in a very underrated way. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that's a good one, Sonny. Yep. Um, my number four. My number four is Michael James Jackson. Oh. Um, so he produced the four songs off of Killers. He produced Creatures of the Night, Lick It Up. And I think he did the tracks of the drum tracks on Animalize and he couldn't finish the album. Um other than, you know, obviously the originals, album-wise, for me, those four songs, eh, except for maybe Partners in Crime off of Killers, uh, Creatures of the Night, Lick It Up, not really a dud in, in those albums. You may not love some of the songs, but there's not a dud in there. Um, I just think he was – when you talk Kiss and you talk there, you, you're going to be talking about um, – uh, Bob Ezrin, that's the first producer that comes to mind, right? And then you'd talk Eddie Kramer, even was it Nevison? I think he did one of their, I know yeah, he did Crazy, Crazy Nights. Nights. Yeah, yeah. Hart and Aussie guy, but, or Vinnie Ponce in the late 70s. I don't think Michael James Jackson gets enough credit because those albums, top to bottom, are solid albums. I mean, I, I, I tell you all the time, I, Lick It Up is just a great Great album, Creatures of the Night. Um, you know, and he adds a little bit of different style. Obviously, the drums on Creatures. Uh, I thought he did a great job on those songs off of Killers. Makes good songs, helps him come up with good songs. Um, I've seen him, I've heard him on some interviews. Sounds like a really nice guy, down to earth. Uh, I think the I think the job he did for those albums, because I think those albums in the eighties are better than the later albums. If you go the next three, which is Animalize, Asylum, and um, Crazy Nights, I would take, you know. Careful there, Zeus. Killers, Cre Creatures of the Night, and Lick It Up. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I think good. he's underrated, the job he did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I've had the opportunity to meet him a couple of times. Oh, really nice, nice guy. Um, I felt bad for him last year's Kiss Indie Expo. So he's sitting there at the table, is signing autographs for free. And uh, there's this huge line in front of him. And I'm like, all right, Michael James Jackson's got a line. And then I go up and they're all, all in line for Lita Ford, which I don't know what Lita Ford was doing at a Kiss Expo, but she's fucking hot, so who cares? But um, <laughs> She's right, still so, hot. And then I'm like, okay, I get it. That's Lita Ford. Get it. Do you know who this guy is? And people are just like, I don't know who that guy is. It's 
Unfortunately. Are you shitting me? There yeah, was nobody in his line? Nobody. Oh, nobody. I, I would go up five times just to sit yeah. there and talk to him yeah. about it. He, he even said on some interviews, he was on the Kiss Cruise, and yeah. pretty much everybody left him alone. Wow. Did he have a sign? Did he say who he was? <laughs> well, that's the other problem. If he walked by you, you wouldn't know it's him. Because he's not a big flamboyant guy. You've interviewed him on your show, haven't you guys? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was you guys that I heard him talking about. He was telling the crazy story about Jim Morrison. Yeah, yeah, that was him. That was from you guys. I I mean, I've heard him on a few different podcasts. I wasn't sure if it was uh, Podcast Rock City. I thought that interview was awesome. Yeah, Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Yeah, how do you not listen to that and be like, holy shit, this guy's got a great, like, vision and, and like, understanding of Kiss and, you know, its parts. Oh, that was awesome. That was a great interview. Yeah. And because of that, that's why I, I'm telling you, it, that that uh, interview and stuff that in those albums, just uh, that to me is number four for me. I think he's underrated. Go ahead, uh, Tommy. All right. Good segue, uh, Zeus, um, because my number four are the original tracks off of Killers in those four tracks. Um, yep. I think that they don't get enough credit for what they are for the era that they were released in um, me personally. No, I had nowhere to run in my final four in our kiss tournament. I had nowhere to run coming out of that bracket. Um, one of my all time favorite kiss songs. I'm a legend tonight. I like it. I, I like down on your knees partners yeah. in crime partners in crimes a little bit weaker than the other ones. Um, you don't, you never hear them played. The band will never play them live. They played on the kiss cruise. Nowhere to run. I heard. Yeah. Um, I think no, Bruce's be- band did that. Oh, oh, really? I thought Kiss themselves did years past, no? Oh, maybe years ago. They didn't do it on the recent ones. Okay, okay but Bruce played it? That's so awesome. Yeah. But I think those songs, I mean, they, some of them make a, make a lot of appearances on the later uh, compilations. You know, the box set, I think, is something, I think Kiss World might have one. I think 40 Years of Decibels, I think they, Decades, whatever that's called. Um but I think they're really good song. I mean, I I I still listen to them, and I just think they get buried in that Killers CD. Um, and you know, and I understand they Phonogram wanted original recordings when that came out because they wanted like hard rock, and uh, when it was released overseas because of the flop that the Elder was, so they re- they put them on that. It would have been interesting to see if they had saved those and maybe put some of them on creatures and maybe took off, you know, some of the weaker songs off of creatures or the songs that I think are weaker off creatures. Um, but yeah, I, I'm a big fan of all those songs. I don't, I don't think they get enough credit for what they are. Yeah. I would say nowhere to run. And I'm a legend tonight, especially is two, two of the, some of the best songs kisses released. Yeah. They're right. outstanding. Yep. Totally. Yeah, absolutely. Sonny, what do you got? All right. So my number four is actually an album. And uh, we're going to go with Dress to Kill. So everybody talks rock and roll all night. And I got to honestly say, that might be the worst song on this album. Right? Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I know you torture your uh, fellow podcaster there. That's not the worst. That's the worst song on that album. Oh, I like anything for my baby. Joe can (laughs) lick it. I do too. Tell, (laughs) hey, hey, Sonny, tell Jody that there's more than one anything for my baby fan. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's Joe that doesn't like it, right? Joe doesn't like it. Yeah, yeah, it's Joe. No, I know, no, no. But I was saying, doesn't doesn't Jody like it, or Joe does yeah. not like it? Yeah, Joe Jody likes it, and then when I joined, I was the second person who liked it. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, 
But between like room service, two timer, ladies in waiting, getaway, rock bottom, come on, love me, anything for my baby, she, love her all I can. There's some great songs on this album. That but is, the only one you ever hear is stupid rock and roll all night. Yeah, good point. That's that's on my Mount Rushmore of Kiss albums for sure. Dressed to Kill's always been one of my favorites. Love it. Love it. Yeah, we did uh that's uh that luckily came up on our randomizer. Yep. And uh that was an album review do and I we listened to that over and over again and I really I mean that's what these album review things are awesome because you fall back in love and you're like holy shit I I really missed out on not listening to this as much and the drums on that though let's go back to Peter Chris's drumming those first few years Sonny um, drumming I didn't say they were bad it's just not you know he's not I know but I'm saying it's like whatever <laughs> I thought he did a great job, but it actually doesn't have one of my favorite getaways eh, for Peter, but uh, great album. It's got Absolutely. the it, it's got the greatest Kiss song in history, Come On and Love Me. <laughs> Which also had no shot in the brackets because people only vote for the hits. I know, but I, I actually thought that that had a shot against Deuce. I actually liked that matchup and I, I, I was I couldn't believe Deuce knocked it off. But what are you going to do? All right. Gentlemen, I've got a unique one for my number three. Okay. So my number three is something that gets shit on all the time. And my number three is very underrated is Gene Simmons songs in the 80s. Ooh, very specific. Go ahead. Yes. So some of these may not be songs that you guys like, but I love these songs. You're all that I want. I, I For some reason, I love that song. Naked City. Only You, I, I Love It Loud, War Machine, Killer, Not For The Innocent, Fits Like A Glove, Secretly Cruel, Good Girl Gone Bad, Hell or High Water, Loves Like A Slap In The Face, and a favorite of mine, Cadillac Dreams, all in the 80s. That's a good one, Zeus. That's actually, you you, you presented that pretty well. That's, that's interesting. Sonny, what do you think? Uh... I like the Gene songs. First of all, I, I just think Paul's a better singer. And if 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 we could rewrite history, history, and Paul was the only singer, I'd have been just fine. Um, I didn't need four guys singing. Uh, Gene, it's hit and miss for me. I like the '80s stuff he sang. '70s songs are way better. Although Asylum is my favorite album. Um, he's you know i love it loud i just can't get into it and only you is okay you're all that i want is one of the downers for me on unmasked honestly uh but then i like if it's like a gloves awesome burn bitch burn like you can't get better burn bitch burn Burn, you know so there's that's terrific yeah you are like sunny you are tommy part two holy (laughs) shit we are so different in these days what the i'm getting tag teamed there go ahead so go ahead tom what do you got all right, so my number three, I, this is an album, um, and, and this may be uh, nostalgia-based, um, but I, I listen to this album on a consistent basis. And I think it takes a beating because it's, um, if I recall correctly, it's their longest album because it does have a little bit of extra stuff that probably could have been cut off. But I think Hot in the Shade is underrated. I think it takes unnecessary abuse, and I think when people think of Hot in the Shade, I think they think of some of those really bad gene songs. I think they think of like, you know, boomerang or, you know, or, you know, you know, um, some of the those trade, 
But Trey, yeah, 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 yeah. That's all. I think I, I right. just I was just about to say that. Thank you, Sonny. I, I, right. I take it all back now. But 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 a but a song like Rise to It, Hide Your Heart. I mean, Love's a Slap in the Face, Silver Spoon, Forever, Great Ballad, uh, You Love Me to Hate You, King yeah, of You just Art. said it. All the Paul songs on no, that but, album. But, but but that's my point. And I I think I think when people I mean when people th- it's got fifteen friggin' songs on it. So I think it takes a beating. People are like, oh, it's too long, too much. They should have cut three or four songs off it, and that may be true. But I don't think it's. But but because of that, I think people discredit the stuff that's on it that's really good. And I think for the it was the first concert I saw, nineteen ninety, Hot in the Shade. Um, I, I still to this day I still listen to that album. I think there's a lot of good stuff on there that just gets kind of piled on because, you know, it, it's got some filler on it. Yeah, I'm with you. There's there's a little bit of filler on it. Um, I enjoy the album. Uh, King of Hearts is one of my favorite Kiss songs. Um, yep. I think Silver Spoon's great. Um, you know, on you know when we talk ballads, Forever is one of the best ballads of the '80s, right? So, yeah, I would say um, this this album probably gets unnecessarily shit on. Yeah, agreed. You like you like the gospel singers in uh, Silver Spoon? I don't mind that. <laughs> Sounds like the friggin' lady. What was that lady on? Give me a break. Yeah, yeah. Remember that show, give me a break. Yeah, I remember that. Who, who, Nel, who Nell Carter? <laughs> <laughs> Nell Carter in the background singing on that. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's some great songs on there. I think Forever, I don't know, understand how they don't push that more. It was a great ballad. And if you watch the video and, and watch Eric Carr, the drumming on that is actually fantastic. Yep. Um, yeah, Tommy, I, I've always liked that album, but there are there's like three Gene songs that are that are just just bad, betrayed, yeah. and a few prisoner of love. I mean, but I'd rather have fifteen songs than thirteen songs. I'd rather well, have more. You, even and, even and a you, bad kiss, it's like pizza. And you ha- and you got uh, Eric Carr, Little Caesar. Oh, I love that song. Yeah, Little Caesar. Yep. Good so one. Good one. Who's next, Sonny? All right, so my number three kind of gets off the music a little bit. I think what's underrated is Tommy and Eric's attitude. So think about it. They haven't said boo shit about Peter or Vinny or Ace or who's going to be on stage, who's not going to be on stage. There's times they're, you know, on the, what was that? uh, What was that stupid show there? Price is Right, Don't Say a Word, right? (laughs) There's times where they probably should have been in the movie why him but only paul and gene are in there like they don't say boo about anything and eric especially i mean they left him high and dry in 95 and he still came back still the loyal soldier always full of energy just and i've met these guys and they're just nothing but positive which is so nice yeah that interesting and we we kind of talked about this a little a, a couple episodes back we did we kind of ran through the kiss lineups and we were talking about this current lineup and I had, I was talking about Tommy and I, 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 I didn't mean for it to kind of come out the way it did, but I pretty much said that Tommy is, is a, is a good soldier. Um, meaning I think he's happy to be in the band. I think he's a professional. I think he's a smart guy. He's a smart player, smart businessman, good teammate. Um, and I think you're right. I think that, I think that shows, you know, on and off the stage for sure. You know what he is, Tommy? He's a New England Patriot. Where everyone else in Odell Beckham Jr. will take the uh, Julian Edelman. 
good It'll point. come out, make the plays, just, you know, play to come to play. Doesn't care about who gets the credit, just there for the team to win. And what, what's the catchphrase for the Patriots? Do your job, correct? Yeah. And that's yeah. it. Sorry, sorry, Sonny. We don't mean to talk about the our awesome Patriots. That's okay. I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind the Patriots. There's a lot uh, of good football teams. There's no problem with that. <laughs> yeah. It's, so, and the other part to that is I remember hearing um, Bruce Kulik talk, and, and he, I think it was, I thought it was Bruce when they talked about how the they did the um, unplugged and like, Hey, aren't we going to do carnival? We're in the middle of this. What's going on? Yep. That Ace uh, and then that Ace, that Paul and Gene were like, just hold tight. And those guys, and I, it took me years to realize how bands really work. Whereas, like, you know, everybody other than Paul and Gene are paid performers to be in Kiss. They get like weekly pay or whatever. They're salaried yep. guys, yep. they're not equal pay. And um, I remember Bruce saying that Paul and Gene just paid for him and Eric for a year. Here's your salary. We don't know what we're going to do. Yep. And they're like, oh, shit. You know, in the end of it, that's not bad. And they just kind of hung around. And Eric was probably like, what the hell? I thought I was in this band. And then, you know, he wasn't a dick when they're like, you know what? Peter's not playing. Do you want to come back, Eric? He wasn't like, F you. He's like, okay. Yeah. And same thing with Tommy. Tommy takes more shit than any, like, listening to Ace and them saying, oh, yeah, he was, uh, he was our road manager. Yeah, he was, uh, you know, he, he was in a Kiss cover band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah he, he had to show you how to play you. <laughs> 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 I mean, come on. It's just it's true. I, Tom, I, I think, Sonny, that's an excellent one. It is underrated. And just like we said earlier, right, I think they gave Kiss 10 more years at least by being okay. so good. So that's great. So number two, I'm going to be number. My number two is my favorite. The cat man. Uh -oh. Peter Chris is underrated. Oh, oh my God. Are you? Oh man. Peter Chris himself. Is I'm underrated. going to the bathroom and not coming back. <laughs> you guys are fucked up. Peter Chris, the cat man, the original underrated. Number one. He sings the best Kiss song there is, Black Diamond. That's the best Kiss song. And okay. he just rips it. That voice, nobody can do it. We heard Eric Singer. We've heard Eric Carr. They don't even come close to it. Plus, you know, those other Peter Chris songs, that wailing that he does when he gets into Baby Driver, Nothing to Lose. Oh, plus, I'm the opposite of you, Sonny. I love that four guys can sing songs. I love the Eagles that they can do that. I love that the Beatles can do that. I don't like that the Stones only have Mick Jagger. I love that there's a plethora of singers in each of these bands. And Peter not only was a different singer, he was a fucking awesome singer. And very different from the Gene and from the melodic Paul. Very different. And the other part of Peter they don't talk about is she... Love her all I can. Those harmonies, man. He helped out a lot. A lot. He added to that strong tone. Um, that third singer, his drumming style fit them in the beginning because they were a rock and roll band. They weren't a hard rock, heavy metal band. Obviously, he wouldn't have fit when they got into the 80s. It wouldn't have worked. Um, 
I love the fact that he had that carefree attitude and he allowed Ace to be him and uh, gave them a little bit of a wilder edge where Paul and Gene were kind of strict. Um, I love that they came up, when we think of Kiss characters and how Paul says, what's next, Turtle Boy? I love that he came up with Catman. Now that we think about it, we think that's pretty cool and unique, right? Yeah. But that was his. I think that's great. Um, I love the fact that the thing that we keep forgetting about as much as we're annoyed and sick of Beth, he pushed it on them and he pushed it on him. Beth brought Kiss to a huge, huge mainstream audience and maybe hurt them to hardcore fans because it made them – See, like, oh, shit, we don't have to be. We can be a real band, not just a hard rock band. We can be uh, real, like, popish and fan-friendly and open up to now playing huge arenas because of Beth. And that was Peter. And, you know, that and Hard Luck Woman and stuff. Plus, he's got a huge cock. (laughs) What? (laughs) What the hell? (laughs) Where did that come from? Because he brags about it. They all brag about it on the show. On, on all their books and all their stuff, he always brags about it. I think it's funny. Before you before you threw that little tidbit in there, I was gonna say if I didn't if I didn't know any better, I was gonna think you were reading Peter Chris's eulogy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe he'll maybe he'll, maybe because of us, Tommy, he'll be the first. We'll be the first show Peter Chris actually comes on. Right? Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> he ain't going anywhere. Wow. All uh, right. I, I got to hear some feedback because I know I'm going to get shit yeah. from YouTube. Go ahead. There's a podcast out there called Cobras and Fire, and because I want to give them credit for this. They came up with this thing called Perfectly Rated, and I would label Peter as Perfectly Rated. Yes, he can sing. Yes, he can play drums sometimes. Yes, the cat thing was cool. Yes, his voice is very Rod Stewart, and I think that's cool, and he grew up from a different school, and I think that's cool, and I don't mean to keep rhyming. I don't know why I keep doing that, but... <laughs> But in all this shit that I got in the basement here, when I put the four members together, Peter's always in the back because he's a drummer. Wow. I will say I will say this real quick. (laughs) Breaking my heart. I appreciate Paul. uh, Excuse me. I appreciate Peter's vocal talents probably more than I appreciate his drumming talents. Um, and that's where that's where it sounded like you were. Con- yeah, I, yeah I, I, absolutely. I applaud. I applaud and he acknowledge. Was a decent drummer. He's not a great drummer. He's not Bonham or shit like that. Keith Moon. No, but no. he's a good drummer, and he was perfect in the band. And he had. And you know what? I just say he's underrated because you know the funny joke. Ah, oh, shit. Nobody wants to be Peter Chris, yeah, right? Right. And that's why I'm sticking up for him. Okay. All right. Poor. So number two for me. Um, not too much to say about this because I'm kind of piggybacking a little bit on what Zeus said about the videos, but you did not bring up this. I think it's underrated the Kissology series. That entire okay. that, that entire DVD collection, Kissology 1, 2, and 3, I think from start to finish, absolute essential viewing that never gets tiring. Um, I mean, especially my, per, my, my you know, the Kissology 1. It, it's just some of, you know, some of that stuff is just essential to view and to and to own um i don't know if we're ever going to see kissology 4 because of you know deals and licensing etc etc um sunny what do you think of kissology and do you have any information as to what is going on why there may not ever be a four 
Yeah. So, uh, first of all, I love the first three. I think they're awesome. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the videos that they, uh, they included in that is incredible. Yeah. Um, and it gives a good history. Like my, my, I have an 18 year old son, so yep. he kind of learned about kiss through those three kissology videos. Yeah. It's so perfect. That's why he's a fan. Right. Yeah. So, um, and to him, his cat man's Eric Singer because he doesn't know any better. Yeah. Um, but will there be a four? I've heard Gene say several times that four is done and it's caught up in universal music and licensing and who's going to let it go, blah, blah, blah. I always think that um, when Gene says stuff like that, it's like in a leverage position. Like Universal is probably willing to put it out but not give guaranteed money and Gene's not going to allow that without guaranteed money. Like there's probably something like that out there somewhere but he wants uh, to make for, a demand for it but for kiss to live past end of the road tour they're gonna have to do something like what the prince estate is doing is re-release uh albums uh remaster stuff put stuff on vinyl that was never out there put shows out there that were never out there there's this thing prince uh uh, Prince's Estate released last year's Prince and a Microphone. It's just five songs from 1983 with him on a piano and a microphone that wow. nobody ever heard. Nice. You know, th that kind of stuff is going to have to come out yeah. for Kiss brand to last anyway. So you'll yeah, see. Yeah, I just I find it interesting that that Gene would allow something like a Kissology 4 to get tied up because if you look at the first three Kissologies, if I recall correctly, they combined like was like 20 times platinum or, or, or some ridiculous. I mean, they, 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 those things sold like unbelievably. And, you know, it's been what, what, 10, 12 years or whatever, since Kissology three came out. Um, I just, you know, like you said, they have to put a four out. They have to. Um, and, and I hope, I hope they do, but yeah, me too. Yeah. All right, Sonny, what do you got for number two? All right. So my number two is, Two of my favorite songs that would be in my top ten easily that uh, never get talked about, and that is Tomorrow and Easy As It Seems off oh, of my past. Excellent. Those two, those two are some of the best pop, you know, power pop type songs written ever.
you know, Bon Jovi could have made him a hit beyond hit if he would have done him. Um, nobody ever talks about him because they're buried on unmasked and people shit on unmasked. Sunny, 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 Sunny. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay. I can jump okay. in. You okay. know why they don't talk about him? Because they suck. Oh, oh my God, dude. Sunny? And you know who didn't play drums on those? Peter Chris. He wasn't on Unmasked. It was Anton Fig. I know he wasn't. That's why it's so good. That's what he just said. He goes, that's why it was so good. Sonny, I'll tell you right now, this this is this would be a perfect time for you to have your camera set up. Because as soon as you said tomorrow and easy as it seemed, those are two of my favorite songs on Unmasked. Zeus's face. This is why you're you're not on a video with us. Tommy's like got this look of like yes, and I've got the hand up to my cheek, making another like holy fuck. I it's I'm of double team. Okay, I don't know what the fuck happened here. This was not pre-planned, so oh my goodness. Oh, the whole thing was pre-planned. We've been talking about it for weeks. Yeah, but you know what? I love the challenge. If you told me the worst two songs on it, I would probably say Shandy and Easy as a Scene. Then I would probably say oh, uh, Tomorrow. Oh, wow. How, wow. Horrible, How dare. horrible music. You should it's, just hang it's, up. It's Rick Astley going. <laughs> Rick Astley twists. I like Rick Astley. What's wrong with Rick Astley? Never going to give you a... Oh, oh boy. Here we go. I'm never going to go tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Terrible, terrible, terrible. All right, well, here we go. Number one. All right, number one. For me, this is off the beaten path. It's not a song. It's a person. I picked Sean Delaney. Okay. All right. Yeah. So on Kiss's first tour, he was the sound man, the mic man, drove the station wagon with all the guys in it, the pyro man, the road manager, the makeup man, and he collected the money. He co-wrote. Rocket Ride, All-American Man, Making Love, Take Me, Sonny's favorite, Mr. Speed, and mine. He's uncredited on Love Gun, Rock Bottom, I Want You. He produced Double Platinum, Gene Solo. He was their protector in the beginning. I've heard him tell stories. Uh, He's got a book that came out after he passed away I want to get. And I've heard him talk about stories and stuff. Gene Simmons says in his book, without Sean Delaney, we wouldn't be superstars. He helped develop their choreography. He came up with the idea that every fucking rock, hard rock metal band kind of did afterwards, dyed their hair black and blue to wear black. Their kind of makeup designs, the pyro and the smoke machines. And he's the one that came up and told Gene how to do the blood and put the blood in his mouth and do his solo when everybody else is doing the solo to come up with the Gene Simmons blood dripping out of his mouth bass solo. Um, and, you know, there he from all the stuff in the beginning, um, obviously there was him and uh, Bill O'Coin were attached at the hip. Paul talks about him. They all talk about him. He taught them so much in the beginning. They stayed in his house. They rented from him in the beginning. He was there, and he was their protector, and he protected them in the beginning, and he loved it. And he tells an awesome story of how um, when Kiss played for Casablanca and um, I think Bill Coin and them and another record executive, that Kiss did their performance. And after their performance, that the record executive and them just sat there kind of like awestruck. 
And Gene came off the stage, walked up, grabbed the guy's hands, and put them together and made him clap for them. Yep. And he said, right then, I fell in love with that band, and I will do anything for them. And he fucking loved them, he said. And they knew that I would always protect them. And he tells some great stories in the beginning of how they really relied on him and trusted him because they really knew that he had their back. And those were the great days that I think the glory days in the beginning, those four, Bill O'Coin, Casablanca Records, and Sean Delaney. I think he had a huge, huge impact to the band in the beginning. So that's my number one underrated. Did, did you just write another eulogy? Same. Just saying. He did die a few years back. No, I know, I know, I know. Sonny, what do you think? Uh, dead on. You should have some sort of drop, uh, mic drop thing going on. Yeah, that was good. Man. <laughs> dead that on. That was good. That was good because when you when you when you talk about everything that he did, yeah, you know, it's it's amazing the impact that he had. It's true. Yeah, yeah. good stuff. Try to find some YouTube clips of him doing some uh, conventions and talking. Yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah, real down to earth. Real told some time. You could tell he had love for these guys, and yep. they loved him. And just even um, which one was it? Was it um, um, behind the mask, right? Okay. Even when you read the section on Peter Chris and he talks about him doing his solo album, that he had this thing when Delaney was going back and forth to produce the albums for both Paul, uh, for both Gene and Peter in the beginning. Yep. And he co-wrote some of the songs on Peter's album, and that Peter would sing in the dark as he. And he would be right next to him and help, like, mentor him and teach yeah. him, like, you know, so he felt comfortable with him to sing those songs. He had that kind of an impact on all of them. All nice. Of them. Good one. So Good one. I, awesome. thought, I thought I just I fell in love with the story and uh, and I think it had a huge impact on Kiss. Good one. I know. I got all serious there for a moment. Oh, yeah, what a, the hell happened? I don't know. You got to turn it on, Sonny. You know what I mean? Like, here I'm Zeus, but outside of this, I actually have a career that I try to be professional and normal. But I get get on Kiss and my buddy here, Tommy, and I become a knucklehead all over again. All right. So my number one, um, this is my personal number one. Obviously, it's personal, but this is an album. Sound like you're doing any personal business. (laughs) This is an album. Um, I think it's underrated because... People always talk about the first one, the second one, the unplugged, etc. I think Alive 3 gets zero credit and zero recognition for the unbelievably awesome live album that it is. I've said before, other than the original lineup, the Revenge lineup is my favorite. I think the set list in this album is amazing. I love the fact that Rock and Roll Night is in the middle of the set list. I love the fact that they open up with a makeup song, Creatures of the Night. Um, They throw in two ballads, I Still Love You and Forever. They throw in excellent songs from The Revenge, because this was a Revenge tour. Um, I just think it really gets no play, and I'm not, I, I don't know why. I don't know if it's because it's not a completely unique set list. You know, all the songs on Alive 2 were not on Alive 1. Alive 3, there was a little bit of, you know, it was a long time between 2 and 3. Um, the set list has some repeats on it, but I think it's I think it sounds awesome. And again, that's my second favorite lineup. And I, I still, to this day, I, I listen to Alive 3 all the time. And I just think it gets buried when you're talking about live albums and compilations. Sonny? 
Yeah, I agree with you. I, I love the set list. I mean, there's you know a good mix of new and old, uh, no doubt about that. I think the reason it doesn't get any play is name another live album from 92 or 93. Like, it just wasn't big at the good time. Good point. Good point. Right? Yep. Live albums, you got them in the late 70s. You got some in the 80s, right, thanks to the, the Scorpions of the World. Yeah, but in the 90s, I was thinking the exact same yeah, album. But, yeah. but uh, in the 90s, there wasn't a ton of live albums. Unplugged, what, Nirvana's Unplugged, Kisses Unplugged, those were some of the popular ones. No, you're right. Most most bands are doing the unplugged stuff. Yeah. Um, but but even but yeah, as as much as I agree with that, I think even in the world of of Kiss fans, like like yeah. big Kiss fans, I th I think it's I think it's a live one or it's a live two, and and for for good yeah. reason. I mean, those are epic, you know, iconic classic live albums that came out in the heyday of live albums. Um, it just surprises me sometimes that a live three just some people just forget it exists, and uh, I love it. And um, it, it's I've I sometimes this might be blasphemy. I find myself sometimes listening to this more than a live one. Um, I don't know. I, I love that lineup. I love Kulik and, and Eric Singer together. I, I that's that's my favorite lineup other than the originals. Yeah. So that that's my number one underrated. It's awesome. Yeah. Sonny. All right. So my num off. my number one overrated is kind of off the beaten path too. Um and it's a combination. It's KISS podcasts and KISS expos. Okay. You would think that with all the the entire KISS army put together, when I went to the Indie Expo last year and meeting KISS fans like, hey, do you listen to podcasts? No. I'm like, do you have any idea that your favorite band has like 50 podcasts? Yep. <laughs> like the And if you're a KISS member, if you're a KISS fan and you've never been to an expo, it's a like-minded individuals that don't work where you work or don't shop where you shop or they're not your family members. And you immediately get along with all these people because they all love the same band. And so it's kind of underrated that Kiss is the only entity. Like there's not 50 Scorpion podcasts. I don't even think there's one. Scorpions is awesome. <laughs> but there's no Scorpion one? podcast. Maybe we should start one. I love Love at First Thing. We could start there. Um, there it just turned 35. But Tommy yeah, hates the Scorpions. There's yeah. no Scorpion Expos, right? There's no Rat Expos. Like, there's Rat Lawsuits, but there's no raw Rat Expos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's Kiss Lawsuits, too, I guess, technically. But, yeah, the Expos and the podcast just don't get enough love, and I wish the entire Kiss Army had access, at least to the podcasts. Like, they, I think they would enjoy them. Yeah, agreed. I, th I, think, I think for us because we're we're new at this and 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 Zeus and I kind of started this whole podcast because um we were loyal listeners to podcast rock city loyal listeners to all, all all the all the big all the big the heavy hitters out there in kiss podcast world and Zeus and I would constantly talk and text and we're just like let's let's see if we can put our brains together and get get this going so we got it going create the twitter page start following people you know like yourself like some official pages and you can see that, that there is a community out there. I mean, like you, you know, you look at the people that 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 follow us, that follow you, that follow Growing Up Rock. I mean, it, it, it's kind of the, that same group of people that are always tweeting and retweeting and liking and following on on social media and and getting involved with the podcast. But you're right; it 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 should be bigger. It it should be. I feel like as popular as you said, Rock and Pod is. It'd be cool to have like a Kiss Expo. Like with like podcasts, I don't know if they do that, but that would be that would be kind of cool. 
Yeah, we'll have uh, like we'll go to the Indie Expo this Mother's Day, and we'll have a, a table podcast. Rock City will. Yeah, see, that's that's perfect. That's awesome. Yeah, that's just cool. to expose people, right? Yeah, that's cool. Nice. Yeah, well, uh, Sonny, I just for me, uh, I'm in agreement. As I was saying in the beginning of the episode, I didn't even really know about Kiss uh, Podcast till Tommy talked me into podcast. But I gravitated once I heard podcast to I want to hear something we talk about Kiss. Because nothing out there, no band ever can have, as we said in our first episode, Tommy. Yep. Imagine Eagle podcast. Uh, Joe Walsh said this about Don Henley's uh, shoes. Like, (laughs) nothing would, you can't do it. You can't. Kiss, how many podcasts are out there? And if you really look, it's never really the same topic. Everybody comes up with original stuff. And you have different types of Kiss podcasts. You know, Pot of Thunder was doing every song. You guys have all great interviews and in-depth conversations. There are others that are, you know, dissecting every single thing about Kiss that you'd ever want. I feel like it's like you can write your college thesis with these guys. Yeah. Um, You know, or you just have two knuckleheads like us shooting the shit about Kiss and songs that they like or interesting things that you like about Kiss. I agree with you. It's a great number one. Um, so I think that uh, that wraps it up for us, right? That wraps up yeah. our overrated, underrated. Yeah, that was that was that was awesome. That was interesting and uh, informative. I would say the least. I think it. Uh, we talked about some great great stuff over and under. Yeah, uh, sunny one and sunny two. Yep, they look <laughs> great. Get... Um, but honestly, awesome. And uh, you know, uh, we still, uh, Tom, you have. Uh, we usually end with some questions. Do you have something? Yeah, I actually have two questions from two brand new Twitter followers and podcast listeners. So this is kind of cool. So um, our first question is from a uh, a guy on Twitter, Aaron Jones, who, by the way, not only did he ask a question, but he al- <laughs> but he also <laughs> I know where you're going. I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna read I'm not gonna read it. All I'm gonna say is he asked me a question. And he wants me to give a shout out to his lady friend, a Miss Tina Lorraine. So, Tina, if you're listening, uh, you're welcome and welcome to Shout It Out Loudcast. Yeah, so, pretty cool for Aaron to mention Tina. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Aaron, so, great guy. Yeah. So, so Aaron's question is, what is your favorite remix on Double Platinum? Sonny, go. Sonny, you go first. Oh my God! Exactly. Uh, I don't think I have one. Um, I don't like any of the remixes on Double Platinum. Agreed. All right, that's easy. Number one for me, not even close. Hard Luck Woman. How they had the drum come in late. Oh, that part's awesome. Made me like Hard Luck Woman better. I okay. love that. Okay. Now, I'm not gonna say that I. Uh, see, this is weird because it's it's. I don't really know if I like it, but I find it interesting. What do I call it? Disco, disco strutter. Disco strutter. Strutter. Oh. Strutter seventy eight. Obviously, the original is is light Way years better. ahead of that. But when strutter seventy eight comes on on shuffle, I'm like, all right, I can kind of see this. It's kind of got a little like you know disco shuffle to it. Um, I would probably say that that's the most notable remix off of it. Obviously, there's a couple. They do a couple different things with um, with uh, 
calling Dr. Love, a couple different things with, uh, like you said, a hard luck woman. For, for some stupid reason, they have the intro to rock bottom that goes into she. That's a whole weird thing. I don't understand that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, that was the first. Go ahead. Hey, let me add a couple things into that conversation about double platinum, okay. which led me to, you know, how and why came in all these remixes. When I was doing my research on Sean Delaney, who produced that, go ahead. He said that the sounds that he got from all those different producers, he couldn't just put the tracks on because it would be all over the place. So he had to remix. So he had to redo a lot of them, get the masters, and do a lot of it over. Okay. Because he, he said the the difference in Bob Ezrin's loudness and and um and Eddie Kramer's stuff and the stuff from the first album, he's like it's night and day. It would just sound. You'd be all over the place playing it, so he kind of changed it all up. Yeah, I get that. Uh, that makes that sense. Makes I sense. get that. that yeah, so that's why he said he had to do it like that and produce them all over. But you like the New York strutter? I yeah. know. Well, I don't know if I like it. I, I like the original much better, but it, yeah. it's interesting when I hear it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The New York one. Yeah. All right. Our second question comes from another new listener. His Twitter handle is Stanley Lives for You. And his Twitter avatar is the Paul Stanley solo album cover. Yeah. Stanley Eisen? But unfortunately, the question is not about Paul Stanley. So this is this is a good one here. It goes, what if Peter Chris leaves like he did in 1980, but he continues to wear the cat makeup to keep the mystique going on as he pursues a solo career? Do any of those solo albums sell better? Sonny. Yes. 100%. Then I think people give them credit for sounding like Seeger or Stewart, and they were hot at the time, and he needed something, and taking the makeup off and showing who he is, bad move, bad move. Zeus? I'm, I'm, I'm confused by the okay. question. Okay, so like, when Peter, when Peter yeah. left the band and, he, and Peter released his solo albums, like Out of yeah. Control or whatever, or whatever yeah. it was called. But his face wasn't on those. Until no, no, but... Me- but his, his the question's point is, if he went out and released those albums and, like, say, did, like, solo tours, but was the Catman yeah. still, would that have affected his record sales? As, as Sonny says, yes. I think Sonny... And his right. solo albums would have sold more? Yes. Uh, you're talking 1980. Yeah, Kiss, could, Kiss couldn't sell shit with Unmasked and Elder back then. Do you think he would have really done much, though? I don't know. Yeah, because he was... The stuff he released was very... Peter Chris solo albums. So if you liked Peter, you most likely liked his solo albums. Uh, the problem is he basically walked away from his identity. It's almost like changing your name. Think about it. Yeah. Right? Like he left the biggest band in the world and basically changed his name. Yeah. Kind of. It's true. Yeah. No, it's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Good one. Yeah. So, yeah. Now we had another question that was asked by Sonny on Twitter. Sonny, what? Do you remember what you asked us? No, I don't remember. <laughs> Sonny, you are like Ace. <laughs> what? I asked a question? Are you sure? What, what the hell? <laughs> oh, God. Hold on. I can find it. I got it. I got, I, 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 I got, I got it right here. Airtime. I got what, oh, what, what? We're shooting the shit. I got it right here. Settle, settle down, Beavis. Go ahead. So Sonny asks us, if we rewrite history... Assuming that Eric Carr does not pass away, what happens from 1991 until now? Oh, yeah, I do remember that now. Yep. 
So we got some uh, before we get into what we think. I guess we got some we got some because Sonny asked us that on our Twitter page. So we got a couple responses. Somebody said, "Well, we'd get some really awesome drumming." It seems that Gene and Eric Carr had a serious groove thing going. A great bass man needs a great drummer. That was that was his comment. Um, what else? I'm trying to see if there's any other comments on that one there. Uh, <laughs> some other guy wrote. Some other guy wrote. He probably gets fired because he <laughs> like he feared. And Eric Singer joins because he was this drummer on on Paul Stanley's solo album in the '80s or the '90s, whatever. Um, <laughs> some other guy fate. Then some other guy goes. He'll get fired, and they put Bruce in the turtle costume. <laughs> Good lord. Because, um, I mean, think about it. If Eric doesn't die, does history write itself to reunion tour in 96? Like, I, 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 think the, I think the reunion tour was going to happen regardless. I, there was nothing that was going to stop that reunion tour, I think. Do you think they would go back and Eric put on the Fox makeup? We don't need Peter. Oh, yeah, well, you're going to do it. You got to go the whole way. Yeah, that that that's a good see that that that's a good one, Sonny. That that is a good one. Yeah. Uh, uh, what do you what what do you, what do you think? You pose the question. What exactly do you think would happen? Um, I think you know, reunion probably happens either way, and Eric would have been great in some thrash band. Like he's you know, he's in the next Anthrax, or you know maybe he joins Motorhead. Who knows? But he had the chops to be in the the hard rock slash grunge slash you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah. So it probably would have went that route. Yeah, that's a good one. Agreed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I think that wraps it up for questions. So usually at this time of the show, we kind of uh, talk about ourselves, plug all of our business. So, Sonny, we're going to give you the opportunity to kind of tell everybody um, where they can find you on uh, the podcast apps, uh, social media, et cetera. So what, tell everybody that's listened to us where they can get more of Sonny Pooney. So uh Podcast Rock City, that uh that podcast is available everywhere. All your fine podcasts are available. Uh Growing Up Rock is G R O W I N U P R O C K. We're on growinguprock.com. We're on Twitter, Facebook, same thing. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter if you want. Uh, last name is P O O N I. Follow me on Facebook if you want, but I'm I'm all out there. Nice. Awesome. And as far as our show is um, we are shouted out loudcast at gmail.com. Um, we're all on the same places that you can find Sunny. We're on uh, iTunes podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube. Um, we're all on the social media platforms. Twitter is obviously our most active. Facebook, uh, Instagram, we're out there. We love the interaction. We love the feedback. Uh, the tournament's rolling along. The, the championship starts this weekend. Uh, when this episode drops, that will be the same day that the championship starts. Um, so we love the interaction. Um, you know, everybody's having a good time talking kiss. Wonderful. Um, so I also want to just end this with saying uh, uh, a special thank you to Sonny, um, giving us two knuckleheads some credibility, putting someone like yourself on. Um Although you you and Tommy double teamed me and kicked my ass a little bit, it was <laughs> well worth having you on. Um, thank you. Open invitation. Please come back anytime. And everybody, if you really want to listen to somebody who knows his stuff, you can talk intelligently and funny. Listen to Sonny. You'll you'll find him as he was saying on his shows. 
you guys will not be disappointed. Yeah, Sonny, thank you, uh, thank you so much for like like Zoo said, give, you know, giving us the time, uh, communicating with us, um, you know, jumping into what we think was kind of a fun and interesting topic. Um, tell Jody and Joe um, if they ever want to go head to head with some kiss trivia. The guys from Shout It Out Loudcast are willing to throw down with them anytime. <laughs> yeah, we we get a lot of challengers for that. All right, so I want to thank you guys for uh, having me. Keep doing what you're doing. I knew the middle, minute I heard you guys say that murder in high heels, any way you want it, when you wish upon a star and just a boy sucks, I knew I had two new friends. <laughs> and, hey, that was me. Right? <laughs> and uh, I will leave you with these words. Your love is a light up ahead so deep that we can't understand. My love crosses centuries of sand and is straight into you. We are aging anew. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Terrible song. Terrible song. <laughs> Tommy, your last famous last words. Are you ready to rock? I'm talking about satisfaction. So let's cut the talk and get on with the action. Zeus, take us out. Oh. <laughs> this is apropos. Give me money. Money. More than I need. I got Cadillac dreams waiting on me. On that note, thank you, everybody. Sonny, thank you. Thank you. Peace out, Girl Scout. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.